You know what's really funny? Every uh, time we start this show, Cameron Tuttle comes on the mic and says, you know what's weird? You know what I've been thinking about? And today, ladies and gentlemen, he has something to rant about. Yeah, I've, I, so the Muni, so Juzo came over today on the Muni, and he said it was like a stone tortoise, which is very accurate. It's like the slowest thing in the world. It's seriously, I, I've, I hate it. I hate the Muni that goes by my house. What? That's it? Yeah, that's it. Usually you go for like half an hour longer than that. Yeah, I know, but I'm <laughs> just done. I'm done with the Muni. And with that, ladies and gentlemen... Talking about things that are obnoxious and annoying. Your tax dollars gone to work. This is Everything Comes From Something, episode 35. My name is Isaac Ransom. Is it 35? Yeah. I'm Cameron Tuttle. And we have a special guest, Juzo Greenwood, joining us again. Our residential music, not music. No, no. (laughs) Cinema. Cinema expert. You know, technically, hold on. Give oh, me I'm give sorry. me some credit here. I'm technically an expert. I've got well, a bachelor's degree. <laughs> that's true, yeah. yeah. I got a I'm bachelor's college dropout. I got a bachelor's degree in filmmaking. Yeah. Cameron Tuttle. That's the la- that's what's gonna be written on your grave. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this episode is about the postmortem of the 2018 19 20, Oscars. Twenty first Academy Awards. Thank you very much, Juzo. I don't know what that means, but it's a TV show that airs with a lot of advertisements and talking about, you know, how Mercedes listened and also how there are movies that you should go see and they were all selected by white males who are very rich, so... Actually, that's not true anymore. They, they've got a lot of diversity. Yeah, are we going to talk about the diversification of the Academy? Or is that... That was like two years ago. This is like... This is, this is old Let's news. just bite yeah. the bullet. How long have the Academy Awards been around? Uh, 90, years. 91 years. 91 years. I think it's Hence lit- the 91st Academy Yeah, Awards. I think it's literally in the name. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> With that, what was the first movie to win an Academy Award? Wings, 1927. Well, it's a little bit of a trick question, actually, because Wings won Best Motion Picture, but actually Sunrise won a, another award they had called Best or Most Artistic Film. Uh, but they got rid of the artistic film, and now they just give it to movies like Wings. <laughs> Let me just put it out there for you listeners. I'm not a movie expert, so I will try to interpret what these geniuses have to say about films That's through the form of audio. A couple of weeks ago, didn't I make a Wings reference? I can't remember that. <laughs> when you say Wings, I think of that George Wait, Lucas you, film. You talked about, you what talked was it about called? Last Jedi. Red Wings. Red Wings, yeah. No, Red, Red Tails. Wings. Red Tails. Red <laughs> whatever. Yeah. The one no That's one saw. Enough. Yeah. Was that really a George Lucas film? Did he direct? He that? ghost directed some scenes of it, but it was directed by Anthony Hemingway. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I don't okay. know why I associated George. Well, Lucas. he produced, I think he and produced wrote the it, movie. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. got it, got it, got it. Uh, it was still his baby. What was the last? Yeah. What was the last movie that he directed? Was it Revenge, Revenge, of, the Revenge of the Sith? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Now he just is sad and alone and makes movies in his garage. He's like, oh, oh yeah, these, I don't know what he's doing with these poor. movies. Um, they're for me. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Poor old Georgie. Ladies and gentlemen, Everything Comes From Something is an unoriginal podcast about unoriginality. And what is more unoriginal than talking about movies? Well, actually talking about the Oscars is a little bit more unoriginal. (laughs) This show is completely fan-funded on patreon.com slash ECFS podcast if you want to give at the one, five, or executive (laughs) producer level. There are different benefits for giving at those tiers. We also have all the normal social media junk, and we are completely fan-funded because we don't have any ads that like us. 
<laughs> Actually, this this week we're brought uh, brought to you by Martin Scorsese and Rolex. <laughs> what are you talking oh. about? I'm oh yeah, kidding. there are a lot of Martin Scorsese ads. There was actually a lot of ads directed by uh, by different directors. Like uh, I think Lubeski um, had an ad. Lubeski? Yeah, he did. He directed an ad. Oh. Okay. Or no, sorry, it was Wally we Fister. Sorry, sorry, it was Wally Fister. Oh. Um, he had. An Everyone ad. who's listening will know exactly what that. I'm means. lost. Um, they are two cinematographers. Thank yeah, you. Whatever. Well, here's what we uh, whatever. Here's what we want to do this episode. We want to talk about the Oscars. Obviously, we're going to talk about the films specifically. That's why we have film experts here, right? To tell you if you should give these movies a chance. Talk about movies that might have been left out. We had a whole episode with Juzo as well back in 2018 about the best movies that came out in 2018. I was surprised about how many of these films were not in the Oscars nominations. Uh, because you guys spoke very highly of a bunch of different films. Just a couple oh. off the top of my head. Hereditary, Mandy, both uh, horror films, but there were a couple other ones that sounded interesting as well. Yeah, I mean, it's a testament to the Oscars not being uh, a, a test of quality. They're, yeah. yeah. It's very interesting. So I'd love to hear, first and foremost, how do you how do you guys feel as either film lovers, filmmakers, film critics about the Oscars? Well, I mean, we were talking earlier about how I I'm kind of convinced I'm I'm being more and more convinced that this uh, institution of the Academy is like very it doesn't really do much for for movies. It's not it's not relevant in this day and age. Maybe it maybe it never was as far as like film criticism and and like what movies stand out of each year. And I think there's an argument that like. The best picture winner is never usually the the best picture of the year. You know, Almost it's always never. it's always uh, you know it, it it's never the one that's remembered from that year. Um, and can you give any examples of what you're talking about? Well, yeah, in 1941, How Green Was My Valley won, and then Citizen Kane is is the the movie that everybody thinks largely considered to be one of the greatest films of all time. I've never seen way. Citizen Kane. Yeah, I mean, it's worth seeing. Just last episode, Juzo, Cameron and I were talking about um, how he would love to sit down with me and expose me, make me lose my virginity to certain yeah, films. He told me about that. I thought that would be a really nice idea to pick like a variety of different kinds of I don't very out-there movies. Yeah, I don't know what we're going to call that particular show, um, and I don't necessarily want to do it just with movies. I also want to do it with video games, because we've yeah. been talking about Bioshock a lot. Yeah, for sure. Um because I've never played Bioshock, but I, I feel like that is a really interesting idea we should do, and someone will probably rip it off before us. Yeah, but. maybe, but no, I, I think, I think, I would like to show a lot of the movies that I was shown in in like film school, um, uh, like Monica Mana. Oh, I hate that movie. I, I would never, I would never you inflict would never that wish Monica Mana upon anyone. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. What is that? Movie? I would like enemy. to, I would like to watch the movie called Queen of Hearts. Though it's very Did weird. Did you like that one? I um sort of. Okay. Uh, but it's it's very hard to to watch. It's very hard to find. Mm -hmm. Um, but in any case, yeah, I'm I'm sort of convinced that the the Oscars don't really have any clout in this day and age. They're kind of like what other award shows are important? Do we have some sort of statistics on the numbers? That like how many people watch? Yeah. I could look it up. They're increasingly dropping. I mean, last year was the least watched show uh, of all time. This year, I think it upticked a little bit. But I mean, when you can just watch the highlights online, why would you 
spend through unless you're really like intensely obsessed with movies and even if you are i mean it's not a measure of quality so why would you subject yourself to three hours of uh mediocre or or sometimes good movies but wait it's three hours long it's almost it's like three and a half this one was shorter than most of the time yeah how long was this one three and a half hours are you kidding me yeah i watched the last half of it i think and i remember just thinking wow there's got to be a commercial break after everything (laughs) my goodness yeah yeah And and it makes sense right that they'd have to do advertising i actually want to disagree with you a little bit cameron Okay. About the relevance, specifically uh, in the sense where after the Oscars finished, Jules and I, who's my girlfriend, we we were like, okay, well, we got to watch one of these movies because we got to do a podcast on it tomorrow. This is the Monday after the Oscars. We sat down and instantly her Xfinity TV had it ready to go. You could rent every single one of the movies, but the number one winner you couldn't rent. You had to buy it. Hmm. And I was like, this is an interesting monetary practice. But I think that's just called capitalism. I don't think that's necessarily because the Oscars are relevant. I, I mean, I mean well, specifically for like, for like, does this, tri- like, does this movie equal the best movie of the year? The or like, is this a, is this a, a, a quality, a measure of quality for these movies? There, there's and I don't no think relevance of artistic posterity. The, the relevance, actually, you hit on something, Isaac. Which is the it has a uh, social relevance in terms yeah. of people who don't see a lot of movies. They go and say, "Oh, this was nominated for Best Picture. Maybe I'll go see that." And I know a lot of people who are, you know, don't see a hundred movies like me. I do, and they go and see the Best Picture nominees. You know, uh, just on account of them being nominated. Um, which I mean, it's, it's kind of a good thing because usually it's it's a handful of really great movies and some kind of okay movies. Um, so that's if you, about the extent of the effect of them if, if you'd like to know the ratings on this yeah um, let's hear it. Uh, it was 26.5 million uh people viewing um in 2018 um and 29.6 million viewing uh this year so, so just a little bit higher yeah so it's 12 percent up what was the highest um i'd be curious to know i don't know i can i can look at yeah, that too cro- cross check that real fast um but i mean i think I think the marketing aspect of it is why people, uh, why companies, production companies spend so much time, you know, marketing and, and, uh, and trying to get their movies out, you know, for, for the award show. There's, there's really coordinated campaigns, especially in Hollywood, because a lot of the, the Academy members are in Hollywood. And so there's this, there's this huge push basically starting with October, Starting in October or, or even sooner, um, but there's push. There's this big push on the Oscar movies. And the discussion about movies that have contention for the awards starts. I mean, th- for 2019, it's already started last month because movies came out at Sundance and already they've been picked up by studios like Amazon or A24 or Netflix that are already being um, touted as the best picture contenders of the current year. So um, it's a, it's an ongoing thing that happens, and if you're really deep into the film culture, there are many websites that are just devoted, uh, you know, uh, the entire year to prognosticating the awards. I would say, as an average movie enthusiast, it's surprising to me to know the process that the Academy selects films. You guys are talking about something that I don't understand at all. Yeah, I always thought it was just 
uh, like an anonymous group of certain prestigious people just deciding. Well, it's oh. peers. It's it's the people who make the films. I mean, it's that's why they don't give it to adventurous movies because there's a jealousy that comes with it. Yeah, they, I mean, there's a there's a selection process that it's very closed off, and that was always the problem that people were pointing to a, a, a couple of years ago with the Oscar so white thing is that is that people were saying that it was a it was a very select group of people who were getting to choose these movies and that that comes from the the demographic of Hollywood itself right you know that like that isn't that isn't anything new in fact one of my um one of my old teachers who I didn't particularly like but uh one, yeah one of my old professors she was actually invited to the academy and and she got to vote um in 2016 i think that was like the first year that she got to vote so um i mean it's it's an interesting selection process we should talk a little bit more about about the how they choose the best picture winner because it's very um i don't think it's very smart i don't think it's a very good way to to determine how how you pick the best movie of the year it always gives it to to sort of the 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 least offensive movie or the 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 movie that's kind of in the middle of of the range um but just on as far as numbers go um the highest rated oscar was in 1998 with 55.25 million viewers wow so what won that year oof titanic Uh, titanic yeah Yeah. highest grossing movie of all time makes sense yeah i guess so what's with that film i never seen it i don't know i don't really like it yeah I just it it never looked that good. It's like four hours long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yuck. Speaking um, of long movies, Lord of the Rings is long, and Lord of the Rings stars Viggo Mortenstein, who whatever Morten, Mortensen, Morten, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> like I said, enthusiast. <laughs> I'm not an expert. Uh, Viggo Mortensen, and uh, he stars in best picture right wow that was a that was a great transition (laughs) you like that huh um yeah so green book won uh won best picture this year um which which like i said is it's a very like middle of the road movie um it's i mean it's not the best out of these out of these uh out of the nominees it's definitely not the best of the year but it's 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 very like feel good and conventional as far as as far as i'm concerned like i it's a very conventional oscar picture what are the nominees so uh the nominees were black panther black Klansmuck. Uh, yeah uh, i never want to hear you insult the way i dictate my <laughs> words ever again black panther black Klansman, bohemian rhapsody the favorite green book roma a star is born and vice hmm honestly like from what you guys have told me, and from the ones I've seen, not a great list. Oh yeah, no. This year is, I think, in actually in particular, they went with um, in, in a year where there are a number of really great movies. I would say almost none of the really great movies that I liked uh, made it into the nominees. Usually, like I'm looking at past years, you know, you get you know La La Land, Moonlight, Arrival, Manchester by the Sea, like all four in one year. Yeah, that's I mean or that's a that's Dunkirk, a great Darkest list. Hour. But this year, you know, I thought Black Klansman was great, but um, the others were sort of a, from a range of like I really liked them to, uh, you know, pretty good or okay, um, nothing to really call home about. Yeah, and none. I mean, I would say none of the defining movies of the year are in this list well well, i'm curious maybe black klansman Klansman is the only one yeah Yeah. i'm curious what besides black klansman 
what are the defining movies of this year? I know we touched on it in our 2018 movies. Well, that's a little bit of... I mean, are we talking about defining as in the the best or like the movies that are the most culturally significant? Because I would say Black the, Panther would be up there Yeah, if we're talking about cultural significance. I guess you'd say here's what I would say. as well. Here's, here's what I would say. Your personal picks. I don't care about the cultural stuff. Oh, okay. okay. Well, I mean, my personal pick is obviously The Death of Stalin, but I think I think Widows should be up there as far as the best movies of the year. Um, yeah, Widows kind of fell out of the, the conversation because it just didn't do a lot of... Um, it didn't do that well at the box office. People didn't seem that enthusiastic about it, and um, which is weird because it's by a director whose last movie won Best Pictures, 12 Years a Slave. Yeah, you um, guys were really crazy about Widows when we were talking about movie. it. Yeah, yeah. And and his and Twelve Years a Slave is like the best best picture winner of the last ten years. I would say. I would I would agree. Um, yeah. So it, that one sort of fell out. First Reformed was kind of like on the cusp of maybe making it in, but it only got nominated for screenplay. Paddington Two, Mission Impossible, um, Blind Spotting, nowhere to be found. So there's a lot Blind, of stuff. That what's got Blind Spotting? Blind Spotting is an Oakland uh, indie movie. Oh, okay. it, it's it's very small, so I I didn't expect it. To, no, th- I to didn't get mean, anything, but yeah. Um, but it it is one of the the better movies of the year for sure. Yeah, Mission Impossible not nominated for anything. No, no, not Su- even special effects, which is surprising. Yeah. And there, there's no stunt award, which is something that people have been talking about. Mm. Maybe yeah. adding in, which would be nice. And they had some what, f- freaking like singer songwriter award. Well, yeah, they always have that. Best or best, or, best, best original, original song. song. Yeah, that surprised me. Really, what, I, I was surprised that, that Lady Gaga won that. Was I was like, wait, oh, that was a great song. Am I not? At the Emmys, like <laughs> I was so confused. Yeah, they they've that's a normal. I, I mean, they've, they've always had beginning. Yeah, yeah, best original song. I mean that, that which makes sense too because there's a lot of there's a lot of movies that incorporate uh, original music and and yeah, you know, inst- they have a best instrumental score and a best song category. That's traditional. That makes me glad to hear they have a composition. Award. Yeah, and um, yeah, I mean, I think. I don't know what. <laughs> well, what, hold on. I was going to say also about the about what was nominated is that it sort of speaks to the fact that and what was snubbed. It speaks to the fact that there's kind of a very narrow target of what constitutes a best picture nominee. Like they tend to avoid, um, you know, a smaller movie doesn't have a chance because they don't have the the means to launch a massive campaign like these bigger studio movies. You know, so something like Blind Spotting falls out, but also something that seems maybe too frivolous or too uh, mainstream like Mission Impossible or the last couple Star Wars movies or, or even Paddington 2 or, or Pixar's movies almost never get nominated even when they're great um, they sort of have a condescension against mainstream movies Black Panther is the exception to that I think because it, it sort of crossed into the like more like social relevance um, sphere this year so that um, meant it, it had a chance to jump in there but um Generally speaking, it's movies that have a sort of a social importance, but are not. Uh, they have to be a, a certain level of production value. Just to touch on Black Panther, did that win anything? Yeah, it won best score and it won um, instrumental score, and um, what did it else to win? Uh, pr- pr- production production design, design, costume design. I like costume design. Yeah. I don't know about production design personally, uh, but I soundtrack mean. is interesting because there's only I've seen that movie two or three times now. And the soundtrack, I would think, would fall into the best like songwriting because no, it has no, no. so many featured rappers on it. No, no, no. The, it's the it's it's the score which is written. It's I know the African music which which plays throughout the movie. Yeah, by yeah. Ludwig Göransson. Really weird. 
Why? Uh, I, I don't know. Like, I just, I find it interesting. There was one moment in the movie that the soundtrack stuck out to me, and it was after, um, spoilers, who's the villain in it? Killmonger? Killmonger takes over um, Wakanda, and there's this moment where yeah, the African yeah, yeah. Mu- music clashes with a modern, like, hip-hop beat, mm-hmm. rap trap, yep. and I was like, that is cool. Yep. It's a very good, it's a very it's good a, it's part of It's a fantastic the, score. No, the, the whole movie is brilliantly scored. And it's a it's a great part of of the movie, I would say. And it, I I don't think the score is like is like amazing. And I think compared to the other scores that that were nominated this year, um, oh yeah, if we're gonna get into that, then yeah, Black Klansman had an amazing score. If Beale yeah. Street could talk, had an incredible score. Um, but I'd say Black Panther is in the top five uh, scores this year. I mean, it really sure. Yeah. There's well, a lot of scenes where the the music really powers, the, like the the waterfall fight or the um, the scene where T'Challa returns to the um, to Wakanda at the end of the movie. Yeah, it's yeah. very integral to the movie. I would say that the soundtrack is better than most Marvel films. I'm just surprised Definitely, it won. Yeah. I'm just surprised yeah. it won best. Uh, it is probably the best Marvel score, actually. Yeah, yeah. I would, I would, I would say that. Um, disregarding the fact that Guardians' score is basically just soundtrack. Sure. sure yeah. 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 Um, well, I mean, I think I also think the favorite was an incredible score too, but it didn't. It well, didn't it's not. A, it's not scored. It's that's all. It's all Bach music. It's Hold, not, oh none yeah, of it's original. Yeah, so. I guess that's true. Hold yeah. on a second. Yeah. Avengers came out this year. Yes, right. it did. Not a mention, huh? Um, no, Visual it won. It won nominee, but didn't win. Oh yeah, yeah. First Wait, what won? Oh yeah, First Man, which is. Deserve it. Visual, visual effects of Infinity War. I don't really think. I don't that think they're good visual effects. <laughs> I don't think Infinity War had good visual effects either. Yeah, that's kind of yeah. ugly, honestly. Um, but I will say, was it was it nominated for a soundtrack? No, that surprises me because Infinity War was the first Marvel movie after Black Panther where I also noticed the soundtrack. Well, they they can only give one award to to, well, to one popular movie a well, year. Well, they don't they you know? it was shortlisted in the fifteen, but it I don't know. It's not like a super noticeable score uh, for most people. I, I disagree. I don't know. That's just my personal opinion. When I watched, Infinity I mean, War, I like the score a lot. To be clear, yeah. When I watched Infinity War, I was like, it's surprising how Star Wars this like hmm. s- this soundtrack cuts through real strong, no, especially I, in drama moments. Like when Thor returns to Wakanda, that's a great moment. Yeah, yeah. They no, took they took uh, Tony Zhao's uh, rec- recommendation right, to heart. Right, <laughs> His, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, every frame of painting. Yeah. yeah. Well, seriously though, like particularly the introduction of Thanos in that movie, the first five minutes, the score is extremely dramatic. Uh, certain characters die at the beginning, but yeah, no, I think. That movie deserves more credit than it than it gets because its score adds a lot of drama. Yeah. So I mean, do you want to go through the the rest of the best picture movies? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Of, I mean, did we talk? Did I talk about? Let's hear I, Juzo's personal list of movies he thought were left off nominations for best I, picture. I, I already said. I mean, I kind of already said Widows, Paddington, uh, Blind Spotting, um, First Reformed. And oh, yeah. you're right. You did say that. Yeah. I don't know why I thought you already said it too. Huh? Yeah, I did. Uh, mine is just Death of Stalin, basically. Yeah, right, that's right. it. Though Hereditary, honestly, is better than no, all nothing about Mandy. You guys don't think Mandy should have been? Well, Mandy's it, better than some of these. It I wasn't. It wasn't able to be uh, nominated because I, I would Though, say Mandy. Frankly, even if it was, it would not have been because it's not the type of movie. No, I would say that Mandy deserves best cinematography, though. I think it's up there. Oh, I mean, w- with best sound. The best. There's tons of things it could yeah. have been nominated for. Yeah, um, best score. I mean, that sure, Johan yeah. Johansson's final score is amazing. Yeah, of course. Um yeah, so yeah, I mean 
Mandy is it's kind of an oddball. Uh, I know, one I of know. my one of my favorite movies of the year, but definitely an oddball. I would say that we were talking about we should watch Hereditary together. Yes. Um. So uh, yeah, I think I think that would be worth worth seeing with you. So we have talked a lot about the best movies of 2018. We have a whole episode dedicated to it. We're gonna focus on the Oscars. Best Picture. Let's go through them all. So the uh, well, one was Green Book. Obviously, we talked about Black Panther a little bit. Um, yeah, so I think we can. Yeah. I, I I liked it. I watched it again. I liked it more. Actually, I was listening to our episode and I sort of dinged it for certain things that I I actually. I, I, mean, I still think it's not a perfect movie, but I, I enjoyed it more the second time around. It's definitely not the best of the category, but... I yeah, yeah. I think um, I'm pretty hard on the movie just because everybody really likes it. Yeah. And it's so, it sold really well, and I usually kind of naturally just my personality pushes against things that are popular. Oh, because you're a hipster? Is that what you're saying? Don't ever <laughs> talk to me again. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, okay. It's just like, I don't know... I, People will regard it as one of the best movies they've seen all year, and yeah. But just, I, get, I, I said this last time. You got to get it. People, you know, their opinions are moronic. I mean, think about <laughs> half the population. I guess that's where my frustration know. comes from. So I usually just shout out against most things. Yeah, and and it's like, don't let these morons dictate your opinion. I mean, well, it doesn't. And I I would say that. Black Panther strives to do so many cool things that it never fully commits to. And that's where I think most of my frustration comes from. Um, and I'm also close to Oakland. So I really loved whenever they showed Oakland and I really hated when they started shying away from that culture as well. Mm, yeah. And I was like, Oh, like I wish there was more, like I wish there was more of that, like rap trap transition in the soundtrack. Yeah. I wish there was more of that, like uh modern cultural influence uh, meshing with, like kind of a more ancient African vibe thing going on. I don't know. That's just my personal opinion. So I think I'm yeah. hard on it naturally. I don't know. Any any more thoughts on Black Panther? Oh, I just liked how they um, the second time around. I think knowing what Ryan Coogler was going for for the movie in terms of being about this person who's sort of coming into questioning his entire culture and his entire upbringing, you know, and his his father who he looked up to and realizing he's not a perfect person. Um, I was sort of moved by that kind of journey he goes through and um, and the flaws of the movie I, we're still there there's certain things in the third act of the movie like twists and turns that I think could have been you know uh, smoothed out a little bit but overall I I, I, I don't know I, it, it hit me in a different way I think seeing it in the theater with such anticipation I think you're right about that it, it does kind of make you automatically a little bit reserved um, but just seeing it at home I liked it more Anything else you want to add? Kim? I liked Andy Circus. He was great. Uh, yeah, I enjoy. Uh, yeah, I enjoyed Andy Circus a lot. Um, one final note on Black Panther. I think one of my biggest frustrations is usually the plots of Marvel films are boring, and I would say conventional. conventional. It's not just boring. It's like it's very straightforward. Better, better phrase for yeah. it, right? Conventional, and usually the personality of the hero carries the film. In most cases yeah. of Marvel films. I mean, you look like you look at a movie like Ant Man. There's nothing special about Ant Man. <laughs> There's nothing special about Ant Man too. I'm, I'm beyond frustrated with Ant Man, but I got to give it to Paul Rudd. Even though I don't like him too much, he does capture the moment in the in the on on his screenplay. He he has a personality he brings to it. I just didn't feel that with King T'Challa. Even though he has a great story, like he has an unconventional unconventional um, plot and basically journey throughout the movie. I just never connected with his character i actually connected with the villain more 
than well i mean not like not his full like evil plan <laughs> but like like i connected with his story more like he had more heart yeah and it could be due to the fact that what's the actor who played killmonger well, Michael B. Jordan, yeah, he's he has a very charismatic presence. Michael B. Jordan is like he's very sympathetic too. He's yeah. very easy to connect with right away mm-hmm. on screen. Yeah, I just didn't feel that with King T'Challa, and that's probably one of my one of my things again, one of my takes against it. Well, which is interesting because it's kind of a take it or leave it. Marvel has a kind of take it or leave it attitude with that sort of thing. It's like it's like one character will be really well fleshed out and then another will be just not at all like what like the 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 protagonist will be you know the person that you really care about and you invest you think like iron man or something like that that character of iron man is what you're really there for and i don't even remember who the villain is obadiah how could you get it wrong um he's great and then and then uh you know with a movie like um, like Black Panther, it's basically all you, all of your eggs are are in the basket of of Killmonger, right? Like you don't. You, I didn't care about about T'Challa very much. So I just think, what if they switched actor roles, where Chadwick Boseman was was Killmonger? Yeah. But I th- I think he he works. I think Chadwick Boseman works well for the regal kind of presence. And yeah, I think yeah. uh, Michael B. Jordan has more of the kind of crazy energy that you need for Killmonger. I agree um, with you. It's just something I don't I'm know. thinking about. Yeah. Well, uh, let's move on to Black Klansman because you, did not, you, you did not like... You did not the last episode, Isaac. Right. So we talked about Black's, Black Klansman on the last episode and you guys piqued my interest to go see it, um, but I would be lying by saying that the marketing for the film didn't also influence uh, my inspiration to go see it. Now, if you watch a trailer for Black Black Klansman, it's very quippy, very quick, very well edited, and very charismatic. And so I expected a lot of that when I walked into the movie. And I would just say that my expectations were really let down when I watched the film. I found it very slow, um, kind of boring overall. And I just didn't, I didn't find it good. If you thought this movie was boring, wait till we watch Monica Mana. <laughs> oh, I was going to say Roma, but uh, we'll get to that. Um, I don't know. I don't know what to say. I mean, I, I found the movie to be um, pretty fast moving and, and uh, the dialogue to have a, a, a rhythm to it. Um, it certainly is a more serious movie than the trailer uh, leads you to believe. And yeah. it's it's a little bit less um, less thriller based. It's It's much more of a character study. It's much more about... Um, different personalities, I guess. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I think it's a great movie. Uh, Cameron, I think you liked it too a lot. Well, I don't have a, I don't really have a filter for things that are boring, like movies that are boring. Um, specifically because film school has just entirely beaten that out of me. Like yeah. the idea that like a slow paced movie is is gonna like. I've had to to convince myself and i do mean convince myself to like f- appreciate things about slow movies um and i mean like really really slow movies. but i wouldn't say that klansman is I, roma it's fits not in that category but but klansman is not slow cinema i, I mean, don't it's no, not it, at all. I, I don't think it is yeah i think you know i know the director what was his name again spike, spike lee. lee spike lee has a very black and white approach to the story and i usually appreciate more gray and oh hold on hold on what do you mean by that specifically in his racial tension thing there's not one 
white person and the clans member that you like, right? Well, well yeah, they're clans members. <laughs> I just, I mean, like, I'm like, okay, great, they're evil. But, nobody, but, nobody likes the well, KKK. Well, of okay? course, but but I think that. I mean, with when you're dealing with people in the clan, you do have a certain limit because the people who are in the clan are kind of inherently unpleasant people. But I think even within that, and obviously Spike Lee abhors people in the clan, um, he does show a certain variety of uh, personalities, how there are certain people in there who are kind of just the dumb brooding types. I'm thinking the fatter guy, Paul Walter right, right, right. character. There's the kind of like crazy maniacal types, like the, the guy who's kind of the main... Felix right um, and then there's guys who kind of consider themselves to be um, more uh, more refined and more thoughtful and actually th- they're actually on another plane of, of civility like the I think the guy who initially calls and also David Duke kind of has that quality yeah yeah I gotta say the casting for the all the clans members I really enjoyed which I know sounds weird even though I'm just complaining this it, no, it's well, just yeah. it, I tend to like a little bit more of a gray approach in in most like I guess extremely charged topics. But what 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 would you have like if you if you were making the movie like how would you have envisioned uh, portraying the clan in, in that sort of way? There's not one clan member in that movie that I liked at all, and that's fine. They can just be evil. I don't like the KKK ever at all. Okay. But what do you mean by like? Like I, I like what is that? In that movie, I wouldn't have cared. If they if that film had ended with all of them being shot up, as a matter of fact, that'd be way more entertaining. Oh, yeah, and you don't need to convince us you hate clan members. <laughs> it's not it's but, not it's not just but, that though. I'm I'm saying like if they're gonna be all evil, if you hate their guts, capitalize off it in the story. Let them let us see them die. Are you saying like like you want to go Django on them? Yeah, like, that's how I felt okay. about it. Well, I'm a little confused about your point of view though. So you don't like the lack of nuance, but then. You also want it just to be if a bloodbath against them? This is my thing. If you don't have nuance... Which it kind of is. Lean into it. You know what I'm saying? And some would argue, I think, that Black Klansman does. It's just, with my in, with my impression of what the film was going to be like, with my expectation for the film to be more fun and zappy, I expected an explosion of violence and action at the end. There was an explosion. <laughs> there was a great... It was one of the great... Thrilling scenes of the whole year, I thought. I remember almost falling asleep during that part. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, I just I interpreted the film very differently. Mm. I, I mean, I, I mean, I don't know what to say about that last scene because that's like one of my favorite scenes of the whole year. I mean, the the, the way everything. Uh, well, you know, I don't want to spoil the whole thing for other people who haven't seen it, but um, with with the music that plays, that guitar solo that's going on as as the, that sort of chase is going on. I'm speaking in vague terms. Um, the way everything builds up, I mean, to me, it was just great filmmaking. Um, and I think satisfying if you don't like the clan members. I, I mean, <laughs> and again, treading lightly here, but... I think, um, I don't know. Like, I was like... But, I mean, I don't... I mean, yeah, I guess there's a place for something like Django Unchained where it's just you're, it's just schadenfreude. You're just enjoying bad people getting their comeuppance. Because but there's I nothing... I think the movie was a lot more interesting than there's that. There's nothing to like about these characters. But I, I, likeability to me is... is is there's you don't need that. I mean, that's not something that's a requirement of, well, of films. And and I would say that Spike Lee actually does have a, um, maybe not in, his portrayal isn't necessarily complex of each of the sides, but he he certainly has a complex view of um, like what's happening in as far as like philosophically. He he's 
he he does have certain moments where you're like, wow, is he comparing you know these these black power groups to uh, you know to these white power like he has he has that moment where it's overlapping and you know they're the ones yelling white power ones yelling black power and and the the character is is stuck in the middle stuck in the gray area you know what i mean like like i think i think there's i think the movie is is much more um gray than than you're giving it credit because it's it, it's it's a complicated topic and that and the character is is really kind of stuck in between two worlds, and that's what I really enjoyed about it is is that it's very even though the portrayals of of the different groups aren't necessarily there. I mean, they are kind of stereotypical what you would expect, but our 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 main our protagonist is is trying to find a way to to weave in between in in between those. You but know? and also the the portrayal. Because much of the movie is about like racism and like how it manifests in like everyday life, I think the movie does portray that in a spectrum of ways. Because you have to look at not just the clan members, but just all the other people's prejudices in the movie, and how you have the people in the clan who are just completely hateful and and completely intolerant of black people or Jewish people or whatever. But then there's also there's some interesting characters like the cop who's not as bad, the racist cop. But he's he's pretty close to as bad as them, and and he's working for the police department. And then you have like the police chief who's kind of has a very callous attitude towards Ron's uh, wanting to infiltrate the clan, but he's not a hateful person. He's not like he's not nearly on the level of the clan. And then there's people like Ron's um, partner and his and the other guy, uh, Michael Bashami's character, who are like completely nice people. But even they, you know, there's that moment where they um, they're talking about. He asks them why they don't. Um, report the racist officer and they say you know we have to stick together and that that's kind of even raises a little bit of a moral question about these cops who are who are trying to do the right thing but they're also um, entrenched in you know not wanting to be a rat not wanting to you know expel this racist officer from their ranks I gotta say as we're talking about it, you guys are convincing me more that the film is good I'm glad that's good I, I do like I honestly appreciate your guys' argument for it I'm just expressing that when I finished the movie, I remember thinking, well, that was kind of a waste of time. Hmm. And that's... Did that's, you watch it when you were tired? No. Huh. I watched it really excited to watch it, actually. Because we talked about it on the show, right? Yeah. And honestly, I think maybe I just had bad expectations for it. Yeah, maybe. I mean, that's that's why I have a policy of not watching trailers. Just because I... Yeah, yeah. And I... And I, I um. I adopted this policy after like watching the Star Wars Force Awakens trailer over and over again before you know in anticipation of the movie and then being distracted by that. Uh, you're looking in the for movie. the shots. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Um and so like now I I just I go into I go into movies with no expectations because I think it's a it's a unadulterated way to accept a movie. But I don't think that's a possible Thing to do. I mean, I do it frequently. I don't believe you. And he goes to okay. a lot of movies. I don't believe you. You know why? You don't believe me that I. You have no expectations watching any film. Oh, no, no, of course no, no, he has no. expectations. Well, but but here's the thing: is that you, 
you have expectations, but once the movie starts, you kind of have to leave them at the door. And that's kind of a hard thing because I think with Black Panther, for example, that was a movie where maybe my expectation was different when I was watching the movie. And that's why sometimes watching the movie a second time when you know what the filmmaker is going for, like maybe, I don't know if you you know want to watch it again, Black Klansman, but maybe knowing now what kind of movie he's aiming for, you might like it more. I mean, I had that experience with... Um, the movie Interstellar, which that was a movie I, uh, Christopher Nolan's Interstellar. I have, I avoided the trailers uh, completely for that movie. And then when I saw it, I was kind of like, I liked it, but I wasn't that crazy about it. And then it was seeing it again where I was like, no, this is actually like an amazing movie. Um, so you, you, you have to kind of, uh, I don't know. You have to let go of, of certain things with, with the trailers. I, I don't know what else to say. Well, I appreciate your guys' insight. I mean, I, I think maybe I should revisit it because when you guys are quoting certain lines and, ideas maybe i was just frustrated that it wasn't i i think that's what it was i was frustrated it wasn't living up to what i expected and but that's that and that's a hard thing to judge a movie on right you know like that's why i don't i try not as much as i can not to go into a movie with certain expectations and i would say you did that with roma too i i would say that elevated expectations yes yeah uh well yeah the first time I saw it I guess well th- some movies it's just if it's a big director I like yeah, I'm gonna have yeah. high expectations um but I saw that again I still don't like it but okay. we'll get to that well. um but yeah yeah sorry I mean it's an interesting thing to consider right when you're walking into a film and I think some sort of disease that I suffer from is walking into a movie knowing it's an art film and being excited for that and Cameron and I have talked about this specifically art films. T- tend to lean towards like um what's the right word they're usually extremely explicit at random moments and i know to maybe you guys who see a lot of movies it doesn't shock you anymore but to me who's interested in opening up and exploring more artistic films i prepare myself to experience like those explicit moments in said movies when i sit down to watch an art film i'm like I already instantly have an expectation to experience something different, right? Yeah, and often often art films like lean into the grotesque. I would say that's like that's the entire career of um oh man, what's his name? What are we, who, no, 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 no. Um Thanos uh, Cosmatos. No, 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 no. <laughs> Ari Aster. Oh my gosh, stop. Um uh, <laughs> what's his face? Into the Gaspar Noé, yeah. Oh. Um that's like the entire career of Gaspar Noé. That's like what he's what he's built his his career on. Is like leaning into that into the grotesque I- explicitness. I yeah, want to I, I want to be mean. clear. I'm not like advocating for some sort of desire to experience that grotesqueness but i am saying that some films have that grossness and are still incredible and they use it in a very tasteful way yeah um the clans didn't have that really though i mean it didn't yeah that's why i was also confused right it wasn't Do you just mean like do you mean violence by explicit or do you just mean like shocking qualities none of the movies shocked me it was also, but it like, just, it what? felt like I, I, my best feeling to explain Black's Klansman was just meh. That's how I felt about it. Just meh. Nothing really stood out to me except for the last shot, which I know Cameron doesn't necessarily enjoy because I know it was some specific film niche thing. Well, we no, can, no, no, we no, can no. talk about the ending because everyone knows. Are you talking about the last shot with the cross or no. with the. No, 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 no. I know Heather you know Heider? what scene I'm you, talking. You're about. talking about the last cross, the the last shot in the hallway. Yes. Yeah. 
you know, uh, your yeah, yeah. The tracking shot. Yeah, yeah. S- signature Spike Lee shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you like that shot? Well, I mean, that was the only thing that stood out to me as. Well, that's the only part where it it deviates a little from like reality, I guess. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's not a very um, I don't. It, it's not like an experimental movie. It's it's a pretty straightforward in its craftsmanship. Um, oh, who's the guy that plays David Duke in it? Topher Grace. I freaking love Topher Grace. He's really dude. good. He's really he's good. really good yeah. as David Duke in the movie. He is. Yeah. He's he's just so hateable. Very. <laughs> There's yeah, something about very his ingratiating kid. and yeah, punchable oh, face. Man, That's funny. dude. I like that was the only, that was the one thing that I was like freaking Topher Grace, dude. <laughs> I love hating him. I think we should move on to yeah, to Bohemian Rhapsody. Okay, um, I will say I didn't see it. This is the only uh, the best the only best picture movie I didn't see. So I I will say last thing on Black Klansman. Oh, that was fully just my raw opinion, and I like would just t- watching it right. Yeah, just watching it, just yeah. sitting down and watching it. I am I'm fully I have no pride anyways, so I could definitely be wrong, and I just want to throw that out there. So. I hope that maybe my difference of opinion was insightful as well, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I could talk. I we could debate this movie for hours, but yeah, we're, <laughs> it's supposed to be an Oscar show. Um, maybe we, if we have yeah breakfast sometime, we can talk about it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> moving on, Bohemian Rhapsody. So you, I mean, I think you should talk about you. You two well, didn't you, like this movie because I didn't see I, it. Yeah, so. well, it's kind of it's a very mixed movie because I have to say there are parts of this movie where I was like like enraptured by it but i think a lot of it is just were you bohemian enraptured but oh, that doesn't even make sense <laughs> okay we're gonna stop recording now <laughs> lord um but uh god <laughs> stop laughing in the time. mic you're like peeking it beyond beyond earth dude. That was, that was the aliens can hear you that was, that was a funny um, pun Come here's on. what i'll say what you were saying, Juzo. The music. I mean, it's it's the music that gets you. Like that that opening where the music is playing and they're preparing the Live Aid show. I was like, oh, oh wow. I almost cursed. Um, and then the ending 20 minutes where they just play the music, it was delightful. And you can see why people would run out of this movie saying it was the second coming of Jesus. But I have to say a, the, the actual meat of the movie, the story of the movie is pretty, um, I don't know, it's pretty generic in terms of... Um, following the different beats of a, a musical biopic and i felt like as much as he um rami malik imitated freddie mercury i didn't feel really that he um developed a character who i really like came to understand by the end of the movie which is in contrast to other biopics i've seen like you know darkest hour for example where the care the actor really um finds the humanity in the character i felt like mercury kind of remained el- elusive to him in the movie he seems extremely distant for an artist because I think all of us have some sort of creative side to us. And whenever you're creating something in life, there is this constant struggle and and pain when you're creating something because you're constantly doubting yourself. You're constantly trying to put your heart and soul into something that maybe someone won't ever care about. And Freddie Mercury in the movie is just instantly flawless uh, there's no, that's ar- a very good point. Yeah. Th- there's no artist struggle. Yeah, they- th- very true. That that the beginning of the movie that it doesn't show the process of creating. And that to me is like, we were talking about love and mercy last episode. That's one of the best parts of that movie is that it shows Brian Wilson developing his music. And in this movie, it's like you hear him play a few notes of whatever 
uh, Bohemian Rhapsody and then just cut hard cut to them on stage playing it fully formed and there's nothing interesting about that it's, it's nice to hear the music but that's yeah it's it. just like instant fame for him mm-hmm. there there's a seriously a hard cut at the beginning of the movie where he joins the band yeah it cuts yep they're on the middle of the road with a broken down van and one of the character just tells you well, we've played every show in Britain or something like that. And it, oh, yeah. it seems this movie won best editing, by the way. I couldn't believe it. It was like ridiculous. Yeah. And he's like, and it seems like it's time for us to go bigger. And it's just like, yeah. oh, my God. Yeah, it's not like, a good script, which is funny because it's written by the guy who wrote Darkest Hour. Really? But, yeah. It? Yeah. Anthony McCartan. Wow. But yeah, it's just um, it's 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 entertaining. There are some good scenes. I like the p- relationship with him and the the uh, girl. You know, I like I look, Lucy Boynton. I think is a good actress. She was in Sing Street. I think um, the relationship like that was kind of sweet. But yeah, I think uh, the relationship is cool, but at the same time, also quite comical due to a delivery of one line. And I know we talked about it. Oh really? I think in our last episode, she, there's a moment where he comes out to being gay to her, and she's like, "Why does this always happen to me?" And then really? there's a pause. And then she's like, men always leaving, never liking me. But there's this pause. She says, why does this always happen to me? And I'm like, instantly in my head, I'm like, how many gay men have you dated? <laughs> and I just, I almost like laughed in the theater. I think Juliana I'll punched me. I'll take your word me. for it. I don't remember that part. It of was it, a very strange delivery. Very you know what that reminds me of, though? That reminds me of National Treasure. <laughs> <laughs> what is a movie podcast without Cameron bringing up National Treasure? Yeah, whatever. What part, what part is that? Are you talking about? Because he's like, uh, the they kiss. Ben and what's-her-face kiss. And then uh-huh. the guy, the henchman behind him is like, why does that never happen to me? Oh, that's right. <laughs> Right, that's right. Uh, oh my god! Wow, that's a great movie. Um, yeah, Bohemian Rhapsody. I don't. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm sounding more harsh than I think I was when I watched the movie. Um, there is not enough yeah. credit. Uh, there is plenty of credit. Literally, the only credit the movie gets actually is to the musical performances. They're quite. Yeah, they just encapture energy. Mm. I don't know what it is. Like it was exciting to watch it on the big screen. I saw it in a really big theater uh, with Juliana's parents. Right, they were like, "You gotta come see this movie." Uh, her dad, like the whole time, her dad loves classic rock. She's going mm-hmm. on and on. He's like, "People used to hate me back in the day for liking Queen." I remember listening to them, and you know, everyone said that if you listen to Queen, you were gay. Uh, but I still <laughs> thought they were good. Blah 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 blah. Right? Her dad was talking about that, and he's like, "And I still think they're awesome." And this movie's great. And we sat That's down cool. to watch it, and I just watched his eyes light up. He's like, "This is epic!" Right? It was cool. Yeah, to- it's a movie made for fans, I and mean, that's that. You give it credit. It, it is something that if you're a fan of Queen, you're gonna you're gonna love the movie. Um, but it is also kind of just an advertisement for Queen. It's produced by the members of Queen. It's it's. I love the look of it. Like it looks great. It does. But look it good. does have kind of the glossy look of an advertisement, you know. Mm. And um, the and the concert scenes are beautifully shot and beautifully edited. But to you know to just end the movie with twenty minutes of music, as much as that's delightful, it's also kind of there's no story purpose for it's it. It's also really. interesting now that you bring that up because you watch the movie, right? And the band members are never portrayed as mean. They're just kind of dudes. Right, right. But Freddie Mercury is portrayed as a jerk for at least 70% of the movie. A lot of it, yes. And and that's the other, yeah. Brian May, he shows up on time. And it's like, yeah, it's like, yeah, right. 
Yeah. He was that. He was just a perfect band member. <laughs> right, right, he never, right. You know, he never, I got to get back to my wife or whatever. It's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You're part of Queen. Oh, we didn't, we don't party. Yeah. We have to leave the party. It's getting see, too crazy. You yeah. see, when um, when all of Led Zeppelin dies, I would love a, a basically like the opposite of this movie where it's like. Like Martin Scorsese directed. Yeah, like a, a hardcore, dark, like that that time where they, uh, they, they did unspeakable things to a shark in a hotel room <laughs> oh my gosh um yeah that would i, so, yeah, I that, think that'd be a good movie that's okay. our take on bohemian rhapsody anything else to add Juzo? i think that's about it it's you know if you like queen you'll love the movie yeah but that's about it what about you cameron any thoughts on it oh i it. didn't see it so well aren't you smart to not have opinions about things that you have no experience with yeah i i think that's a good lesson to learn i think it per- it transitions perfectly to a Star's Born, and I okay. just saw this last night in preparation for the episode, and it was hard not to think about Bohemian Rhapsody and this movie at the same time because they're both musical to some degree. But I would say that Star's Born is better. Oh yeah. Um, one of the things that popped out to me a lot was the convincing performances by Lady Gaga and uh, Bradley Cooper. I was yeah. actually really shocked. About how good Bradley Cooper was in the movie. Oh now, yeah, I've he's, never, he's amazing. I've never like should have won last night. Yeah, I've never. I don't know. Like I just never have regarded Bradley Cooper as like a great actor. Have I've, you seen Silver Linings Playbook? No. But oh I, yeah, he's great in that. I, I re- and in American Hustle. I've yeah. always liked him. I just never thought of him as a good actor. But watching him in this movie as like a old country rock star who's like a drunk drug addict, I was like, this is like is really convincing. Yeah. Very, very well put together. Um, My main complaint with the movie is that after the the credits started to roll, although there was a lot of, like, emotion in the movie, I was confused on what to take away from the film. Don't be a drunk drug addict. Or just, I don't mean... What do you mean, to, like a, th- a theme of the movie uh, to take away? I mean, yeah, I did. I I was I was a little lost on like what my takeaway was for it. Now I I have to admit I don't know I don't I don't really watch movies t- with a a takeaway in mind. I mean I'm watching well if them it's for an story, Os- you know? if it's an Oscar nominee I'm like I better take something away from this. No, I don't, I disagree because it's it's just storytelling and you're just. I mean, I'm not just saying it's entertainment, like in the Marvel sense, but it is just you're you're compelled by watching these characters and you're seeing them them grow and change, and you're you're moved by their story. I mean, I I think the movie does have themes about addiction and about uh, relationships and about the sort of artist struggle, I guess. But um, mm. there's no, there's no like I wouldn't say there's a message to it, and if if you were to ascribe the movie a message, it might not be a very positive one for reasons that I might I'm not be s- able to get I into for spoiler reasons. I'm not saying that it has to be a super clear message, okay? Because I think that they tackled a really interesting relationship, like almost like a celebrity relationship, which I don't think yeah. a lot of a lot of people talk about. And I, and I think it was interesting because I'm watching it with Jules, who is also a songwriter, and... 
she's looking at me the whole time like you better not be a drunk drug addict <laughs> uh and, and that was a really fun aspect of the movie i will not lie like we were making jokes pretty much the whole time um because we're watching it and i'm like well that's gonna be me in 10 years i guess who knows <laughs> up uh, on the grammy stage <laughs> you know grabbing my belt with the truck no uh you know um Aww. but <laughs> the scene of the grammy the, or the emmys right it was grammys. an emmy it was the grammys what Music oh yeah yeah grammys sorry I, I get them all mixed up. Um, the the Grammy stage scene made me laugh a lot. I know it wasn't supposed to, but it did. I, I it's kind I of a really dark it. scene. Yeah, I, I think I did laugh, but like in a, I don't know. It's like laughing out of embarrassment, I suppose. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah no, I th- I thought it was like overall the the movie's good. Um, my my bias is that I didn't care for any of the music in it. Um, <laughs> I don't like country music at all, and. I was definitely judging Bradley Cooper's guitar choices. Because I'm a guitar, I play guitar, so I'm like, oh, a Gretsch, really? Green Gretsch, huh? Interesting. (laughs) What is that acoustic guitar you're playing? I was judging his obviously fake guitar solos, but, you know, that that too. You know, it it was fine. Um, No, I mean, like, I think it's it's actually a really good movie. Um, It's probably on the, uh, one of the better ones um, in this list. Um, and I think it actually does have a very, it has a convincing narrative structure. I think it's very, um, it hits it hits notes that I didn't think it was it was gonna hit. You know, it like it goes into very it explores very interesting and and even you know dark places. And I was kind of expecting just a fun yeah. romp about you know two singer songwriters who are you know mm-hmm. you know i thought it was just gonna be a fun movie and maybe they'll be like oh but what? but do they love each other and blah 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 mm-hmm. you know like i thought it was gonna be a normal regular you know that's romance kind of the biggest story. contrast i think it has to bohemian rhapsody is is the grittiness of it and the, yeah. the fact that it, it has a very real feel i think also just in the way it's shot as well the way it, it um it almost feels like a documentary almost in certain like the mm. concert scenes and and um I don't know. It, it it feels much more authentic and and much more, um, much more human than yeah. the characters in Bohemian Rhapsody and a lot of other kind of. I mean, it's a Stars Born is a mainstream movie, but uh, I felt more for those characters than most mainstream movies. Yeah, I saw let me re- let me reiterate. The movie is really good. Like I I really did like it. I'm just pulling out stuff that I noticed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I can I can understand what you mean by like, like there isn't there isn't necessarily a guiding theme or or any sort of it, it like it's not a it's not a particularly deep movie necessarily i don't i like i i don't but i don't think it was trying to be and that's why i didn't i didn't need to take away anything it's, it's trying to tell a story of a person's rise and a person's fall yeah and how they complement each other and how they uh affect each other sorry yeah um yeah no abs- absolutely and 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 it does that very well i think i think as far as what it tries to do narratively it really it really hits um it hits a lot of those things uh pretty squarely i i i think i don't know i i don't i don't think it's i liked it a lot more than i was expecting to like it Me that, too. that was that was kind of the the thing that I took away was like, oh, I actually got invested into the story. I got I got invested in the, in the characters. I was I felt for, um, you know where where they were, and I felt for sort of the, um, the loyalty aspect of it and the the, 
being there for someone who who really is going through something rough like like that those all of those notes really hit for me um and so yeah i thought i thought it was a really good movie yeah, um yeah one of like i said one of the better of the best picture nominees definitely yeah. um yeah I, I really liked it as well i think the first half is definitely stronger than the second half Agreed. and that there's there's some like like that first 30 minutes is just like so perfect and and there's the scenes really uh, linger on the characters and you really feel um, like you're living with them and getting to know them. Those long scenes with Lady Gaga and, and Bradley Cooper, you know, going to the supermarket and sitting out there. It, mm. it has this really kind of like like time has stopped a uh, feeling to it. And and the build up to the shallow sequence and and the shallow sequence. The first time she plays on stage, I think mm. is like one of the great scenes of the whole year. I mean, that that was just an incredible See, I mean, I love the song, but I, but even if I didn't like the song, I think I would say that because it's just so well, it's so well built up by Cooper as a director. Um, but then it's like the editing gets kind of weird towards the second half of the movie, and it becomes a little. The scenes become kind of more jagged. Yeah, um, and and the characters seem to become less, more distant towards the end. That was my feeling. Yeah, there was something a little off about it it's like scenes were getting cut off or it's like the movie was chopped down from like two and a half hours or so there's something weird about it i mean it's still it's not bad it's just wasn't as great as that first part that and first 30 minutes you're totally yeah. right like there's an the chemistry between gaga Absolutely. and 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 uh bradley is just like yeah wow the, at the at the bar with the you know the drag queens and he's putting oh his, yeah he's take peeling her eyelashes off I mean <laughs> such it's just, a, it's such lovely a, yeah. such a normal thing to do too yeah exactly right yeah so real like you just in the moment yeah the rest of it felt really weird I towards the last half of the movie when she blows up right I felt like suddenly Gaga's character shifted to someone that I didn't really know as well and mm. I don't know if that was. Uh, that's the thing is yeah go ahead sorry i didn't know if that was something that um you know bradley was going for when right, he was directing right. it because maybe he saw the like who like I, I i started to get lost who's the main character in this movie even if it has two two people i'm like who who am i supposed to be rooting for right now who do i care about is it just about their relationship and and this is one of the things that i find difficult about most romances in movies is that i'm like Every romance has a perspective, in in my opinion, right? Mm -hmm. y you see romances differently. Even even I look at my relationship with you know my girlfriend Juliana. I probably see that relationship differently than she does. As a matter of fact, I I've been dating her long enough to the point where I could probably describe how she sees me in the relationship hmm. versus how I see her. Now there are elements that we share, but that became more convoluted. Uh, towards the end when the beginning like you were saying Juzo was so raw and like wow like you could feel the energy between that romance you know and so I was like okay whose perspective is it switching to and well, I want to say that it is uh, Bradley Cooper's character Jack I, I his, feel it's his perspective I feel like it's his perspective but then they couldn't decide right it, it, it's, it's like the middle it shifts to his it, it's more his perspective. If I'm gonna pick one, I think I'd say they're co-leads, but I think you're seeing more of his like alcoholism and turmoil, right, right. and you're seeing her career a little bit more through his eyes. And uh, that was again another small part of the movie that I thought had the it, it rang false to me was her career shifting into this kind of like. Uh, empty pop music, right, right, which didn't seem in her character from the beginning of the movie. Right. Mm -hmm. She was this yeah. very hard driving, like 
person who would have said no to that BS. Like she wouldn't have just been dancing and singing songs about butts on SNL. That that to me seemed out of her character. Um, I mean, it made for interesting dramatic conflict between them. And I think that was good, a good part of the movie. But in terms of the the screenplay, it seemed a little iffy about um, where she was going. Um, But I do think that the movie, it it then improved the, the last section of the movie is very good. Um, And, Bradley Cooper and Sam Elliott also as his brother, mm. his older brother. Sam Elliott has some amazing scenes in the movie as well. Sam Elliott was really good. Yeah. I, I definitely oh agree. God. Now, interesting that you say that it seemed like the movie had to cut off 30 minutes because I would have liked a little bit more elaboration in the conclusion the way I would have done it. And that's how I, I know you guys are like, you can't have expectations or I, I feel like the most, I kind of agree though. the yeah. thing, the thing that was missing in that last scene was it needed to be a reawakening of her character, right? Mm. Where it was like, I'm going to go back to the artistry that I originally was with him. Right. Yeah. yeah. And maybe that's what they're going for, but it wasn't clear. Yeah. Right? I'm going to go back to wearing and, a t-shirt on, on stage, yeah. and, you know, and, yeah. and having fun. And yeah, no, I, I actually totally and sing agree. a song that's really from the heart. I, Cause I, the yeah. song is from yeah. the heart, yeah. right? Mm. I don't. I, I was like, that's so missed potential. Yeah, I think I think the the fact of the 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 song and how the song was written and the quality of the song in contrast to her kind of pop music tells that that idea that you're trying to go for. But I think there there could have been more. It's like the the amount of the movie breathes in the beginning and that it could have been breathed more towards the end and and let you linger a little bit more with her hmm. her as a person i guess yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. and i I, them. I would say that that would make the sort of middle section where she seems very distant and she seems very um uh almost false as a as a character like i think that i think that would make that a good choice um if she came back around and if she was like this is right. you know the direction that i'm supposed to go whereas i i, I actually do agree where as as the movie is it's like she she does seem to be very distant and almost unlikable a little bit you know like like you almost like the 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 alcoholic drug addict more than than you like her because she's she just seems so um foreign from how you knew her in the beginning of the movie um, and it's interesting you say that cuz when i watched it with Jules she was like why is you know jack such an a hole in the movie why i hate him she didn't relate with him she's like mm. why is she being such a jerk like clearly lady gaga is a way better person like she's she's like really trying she's giving him all these chances and i'm kind of sitting there like i don't know like it's kind of cool how you relate with her and i feel like i'm more relating with bradley cooper but i mean obviously that could just be because 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 you're a man <laughs> yeah male female but and and that might go to more of how the movie's good well too. like yeah 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 but but also like his character is always is always very true and that's and th- that might be um like like that scene with the with the grammys right that is um an honest that's that's an honest portrayal of of something so horrible and embarrassing that that you can like you can only imagine in your worst nightmares you know what i mean like there's there's a certain amount of of um of truth to that because it's so it's so like horrible that i i connected with with jack in that moment because it's just like it's such an embarrassing moment you yeah. know it's so it's so um, it brings out something in you that you're like, oh man, like, like I, 
I hope to never be like that. You know what I mean? I totally agree. Uh, one last thing on Starsborn. By the way, Cameron, we're at an hour and six minutes. Wow. I didn't even realize. I was we're like, hitting wonder, it out of the I was park. like, I wonder how long this episode is right now. Um, sorry. It's very interesting. Hopefully you guys are having a good time. Um, last thing on a Starsborn. And this kind of goes to most romantic dramas. I was asking Jules this question last night. What is the deal with so many romantic comedies ending in tragedy porn is what I like to call it. <laughs> romantic comedies? No, ro- like romantic, just romantic dramas, right? Is like, uh, there's like this... Better ending. I don't know. I mean, in my opinion... The I, endings, they gotta die. One of them's gotta die, you know? Spoilers. Jeez, oh, my brother hasn't seen the movie. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to think of other romance movies where they end... I mean, I don't know. Most most great romance movies in my my like one day or or like ones that have bittersweet endings, like the before before sunrise movies. Um, I don't know. It's it's more interesting to end your movie in a way that's a little just just ending. I mean, like singing in the rain can pull it off, you know, like the like the camera flying into them kissing with the, her becoming successful. But um, I don't know. That's sort of especially it's, nowadays. That's kind of people see that as antiquated it's difficult to pull that off without be without seeming saccharine you know it's like very it's like um there's an element of so sweet that it'll make your teeth hurt i will tell you one of my favorite romantic dramas even though i believe it to not be perfect it's 500 days of summer Mm. and i feel like it's a wonderful movie it handles it just right and after seeing that movie i'm like this handles tragedy in like way, like in a way well, more in a real gra- real life terms. Super not, grounded, not crazy like misery terms. Yeah, just in the way like people go through breakups. That's a normal thing that happens every day. I'm yeah. not saying that you don't have to go to that extreme. I'm just like I'm curious, right? Like I'm sitting there with Jewel. Like, I only watch these movies with Jules, right? And she's like, "Oh my gosh, it's so sad." <laughs> and I'm just like, "Dude, here we go again." Like usually when we start watching a romantic movie, where she's like, "Oh my gosh, this movie's so good." You know, um, she has cancer and so does he. And I was like, <laughs> "Let me guess." I was like, "Let me guess." Um, the one that's getting better is the one that's going to die first. And she's like, "Stop it. We haven't even got to the end yet." And I'm just like, "I don't know." Like at this point, I'm just rolling my watch, eyes. Uh, I hate that movie, by the way. Oh, the Golden Our Stars. <laughs> No, you should watch The Big Sick because that's a movie where one of the characters spends most of the movie in a coma, but it actually has a happy ending. And that's not a spoiler because it's based on the lives of the writers. It's Kumail Nanjiani and his wife, uh, her story. I'll have to check it out. I heard good things about it. You should actually watch Silver Linings Playbook because that's Uh one of the rare movies that is is utterly depressing and horrible um, in the middle of the movie, but then comes out sort of uh, with a light light in the tunnel. Jennifer Lawrence and Bradley Cooper. Yeah, Yeah, it's a a great movie. I hear, uh, yeah, we've scrolled by that one a couple times. Uh, is like that's depressing. Uh, <laughs> it okay. is depressing. Yeah, I was like, "Don't you like that?" Huh? I don't know. I mean, it's it's depressing to a point, but it, it kind of almost has like a feel good quality. To One it. of the Sorry. scenes made me like cry utterly. It yeah. just it, it's 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 really heartbreaking. It's ruined a Led Zeppelin song for you. Uh, no, definitely not ruined. Not it's, ruined. it's amazing. Oh, elevated. Maybe. All right, we're at one ten, boys. Usually, okay. let me just say, if you're an, if this is your first episode, most of the time at the one hour mark, we will cut to a post show called Nothing to Do with Anything, which is us talking about whatever the heck we want. The show usually goes for an hour and a half, as you may know. And because we're already kind of in the post show, screw it. We're gonna finish our conversation about Oscars. <laughs> yeah, why not? 
Um, the favorite next, I guess. Yeah, let's talk about the favorite. You let's, didn't see that, dude. I'm so excited to watch it. It's really good. It's very. I, good I, I I I will speak very highly of it. Um, I saw it actually just after we saw it just after, um, the last the, podcast. Yeah, well, uh, recording the last show, and yeah, it's it's really spectacular. It, there's there's something about it that's very like Game of Thrones esque, which I is part the part that I that I really enjoy. It's like very. Um, it's a movie about conniving and trying to 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 get power and influence, and it's very it's very fun in that way. Um, and Yargos Lanthimos is like he he's he's a he's a great director, but he's also um, very weird. And I think he reigns it in in this movie a lot. Um, I I found it really exciting that the lead actress, the queen character in that um, movie, won Best Actress. Right? Mm-hmm, yeah. I was really excited to see that. Because when she walked on stage and started talking, it was kind of a train wreck of a... Uh, <laughs> well, it was like a normal person, though. It was like a real yeah. person. But at the same time, kind of some of herself came... Like, some of herself also resonated with the character that I've seen in the previews for that Yeah, movie. absolutely. And I was like, now I'm even more excited to go see it. Because yes. it seems like she would really fit the role of the queen that she's portraying. She's incredible, yeah. In the movie, right? And it kind of... It just looks like my kind of move I don't know like something about it does seem fun so I'm glad you said it was fun it's very fun it's funny you said he reigns in the weirdness because that says a lot about him because this is a pretty weird movie by standards of it's not your normal starched um, period piece costume drama because if you look at the poster you might think it's that you know your typical Oscar movie and it's it's really not it's a very vulgar crazy really arresting strange visuals Mm, in the movie like ultra wide very distorted distorted looks yeah it and it's i he he is an incredibly weird um filmmaker but that's that's why i say he reigns it in because because like in both of his other movies everybody talks in a very like very strange way. Oh, yeah, Every, just completely flat. All delivery. of all of the characters are like so out there, so weird. And um, you you watched the lobster, didn't you? Yeah, I just saw it. Yeah, I, for so some that, reason, thought it came out this year because no, I'm stupid. No, no. That, so that's him. That's that's this director. Yeah. Um, did you like it? Mixed feelings. First half is much better than the last half. Oh, I very th- much agree. I think a lot of people yeah. thought that. I I like the duality of it, but it, we could get into that later. Um. But this is a very, you know how it's very like everybody's flat, like talking flat, like the dialogue it, it's is almost, very strange. It reminded me of like Napoleon Dynamite esque, like huh? yeah, a, l- a yeah, little bit, a little bit. Um, this movie is has the same sort of humor. It's it's got the same sort of tone, uh, but it's very, it's much more expressive. It's like um, deliver- than Well, I mean, like I said, I do watch trailers, and from the ad from the advertisements, everyone is very very loud and outspoken oh, in the a very boisterous characters yeah and they're yeah, very flamboyant yeah. too yes. and yeah. it's it's fun it's just a fun movie it's very like i left the theater being like wow that was that was um yeah I didn't like think, grandiose almost. yeah i don't think it was the best of the nominees but um it's it's very well made it's got to be one of the best directed of the nominees yeah. oh yeah 100%. Um, and, and also not just the the visuals and the you know the performances, but the control of the tone of the movie because it's very like w- broadly comedic, but there's also a, a serious edge to it, and he manages to juggle both those things um, pretty strongly. Um, I don't know if there's any criticism I'd have it. it I think the 
the last like third of the movie it kind of loses steam a little bit and i think the 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 character dynamic of of the two women going back and forth in for the favor of the queen can sometimes feel a little bit like repetitious but i don't know i don't have a ton of complaints about this movie it just wasn't something that and it's not something you're going to be like emotionally moved by like stars born no it's more just like the delight of seeing these people just messing with each other and screwing over each other. And right. It's just hilarious. I'm excited to see it. Yeah. Know, just, uh, it's very fun. Yeah. I, I, it's on my recommended. I, I would say for me, it goes black Klansman, the favorite and then a star is born actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, those are my, those would be my three of this, of this list. Um, I say we should get into Roma and then just ditch Vice entirely because everyone. Yeah, just do sure. a, qu- a quick thing about Vice, right? Dick Cheney. Kinda. Let's do that first, then. Okay, quickly. I mean, it's well, you tell you, Cameron hated it. Ugh. I liked it okay, but I'm I'm starting to doubt myself because I saw it at one of these big screenings where the director was there and we were having a good time. I mean, I just enjoyed the kind of like weirdness of it that it's basically an essay movie with reenactments yeah, yeah. and so it sort of feels like a wikipedia article but with like the best acting you've ever seen in a wikipedia article <laughs> um but but it's it you it doesn't really get into who dick cheney was it kind of just skates along the surface it, it's more just about how he gained power how how these different things happened does it but, talk about the oil industry a little bit but almost vaguely done. yeah yeah i what see, see i was like I came out of this movie and I was like, oh, why why does this movie exist actually? Was my question. Because I asked that my I asked that question a lot when I watch movies. Because because my first thought was like, well, it doesn't it doesn't provide any sort of groundbreaking political commentary. It's not a very like it's not a very insightful movie at all. It it's very straightforward. It like it's not a straightforward movie, but it's very straightforward in the telling of, of how things went. And so like, if you, if you hate Dick Cheney, you're not really going to get anything from this movie. And if you like Dick Cheney, you're also not going to get anything from this movie (laughs) because it's like, it's like very, it's very like, what is the point of this? You know, like it, and that's that's just what I came out of. I think I'm, I'm, I would guess that his idea behind the movie is to show like, just what are the different, um, ways that he was able to take advantage of the system to become the most powerful person in the country at a certain time. Um, but he does it in a way that's very, it's not, um, it's so cartoonishly simplified that there's, yeah, no, there's it's, not it's, really it's any simplified and there's no humanity to it. There's no yeah, actual exactly. understanding of why these people are doing these things. It's just telling you that these people did these things. Um, and that's coming from someone who thought it was pretty good <laughs> when I saw it, but, I mean, I enjoyed the the craftsmanship of it. It looks great. The score is fantastic. But um, and and Bale is it's a good imitation, but it, it's kind of like the uh, Freddie Mercury. Thing. Yeah, it doesn't. It's not really. It doesn't embody. There. He doesn't embody the role. Yeah, and which is interesting because it's very. Um, it could have been a similar portrayal as as Winston Churchill in in Darkest Tower. You know, like it could have been like he he really embodies the character in that, but. But you just don't feel. I didn't feel anything for any of the characters. Churchill's a more positive figure in history, and maybe I would compare him I to like so. to like, even though he's not a historical figure, uh, like Daniel Day Lewis in There Will Be Blood. Yeah, like that yeah, type yeah. of thing of someone who's like super driven for power. But by the end of that movie, you really come to maybe you wouldn't say have sympathy, but you come to understand you appreciate who, him, he, yeah. who he is and why he's doing these things. Yeah, um, which you don't really get out of Vice. Yep, yeah, that's, that's my thought. 
Well, I have not much to say about it besides been learning about fracking in my green energy environment class. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, I guess we'll move on. Roma. Uh, Roma. Yeah. So the last one. So we are we are very split on this movie, Juzo. Um, because I liked it. Mm-hmm. I liked it. Um, I think it's okay. I don't know. Yeah, I liked it. Well, maybe we're not that split because it's it's like a it's like a seven point five kind of movie. Oh, I give it like a six. Yeah, I don't know. It's like critics that say they're real critics saying numbers. What? Uh, I mean, yeah, that it's just. I give movies star ratings. I don't. It's just the. I, I mean, thought you guys I were against know. that kind of thing. I'm not. Why would we get? I don't know. I feel like most. Roger good Ebert. critics are like, nah, I don't do numbers. No. Roger I, Ebert gives star ratings well, when he was alive, and uh, Mick LaSalle gives. I don't know. All these people give ratings, mostly. Maybe that's like a gaming thing I'm thinking about. I, I, I think I think it's a simplified way of saying, like, like how you felt about a movie. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's just a very, like, dumbed-down version. But Here, anyway. Here's what I want to know, real quick. Yeah. Before you kind of get into a quick, brief summary and tell us what you thought. I'm pretty average when it comes to going and seeing movies. Do I need to go see this movie? I would say it's... Well, I'm only curious to have you see it because I'm curious what you would think about it mm. from coming from that perspective of someone who would never see something like that. Right, right. Um, but I don't think... I don't I, think I'm trying to like speak, it. I tried, I'm trying to speak for the listener, right? Yeah. It's um, hard to say. Yeah, uh, well, I don't know. What I would I say is that it's so loved by so many people. It seems like um, it means you, you as the listener, would have a very good chance of liking it. So mathematically speaking, you should go see the movie. Well, I don't but, know. I think it depends on on uh, who your sample how many selection people, is. How you many know people what I mean? even saw this movie? Not very many. <laughs> exactly. So how can yeah, you say know. that? Well, so but. I think I think the people who I know who saw this movie and who really liked it are a particular type of person who like a particular type of movie, right? Like there's a yes. there's a demographic for this this movie, and I'm not just saying like because it's it was you know a, a movie in Spanish or it's a you know it was in in, in Mexico. Like I'm saying the demographic is like art film people. Art film people. Yeah, yeah exactly. And the film critic community, though, I mean, it was by far the highest rated movie. It was on the most top ten lists. People went nuts for this movie um, in the film, like, critic and film Twitter universe. But I think as we're realizing, especially with Green Book winning Best Picture, that that is kind of a bubble and that it doesn't really represent actual just normal people. I don't mean normal Americans like the middle America, like people talk. I just mean, like, anyone who just goes to movies for pleasure uh, because – there's nothing pleasurable about watching Roma. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it looks beautiful. Yeah, it's an interesting statement. I got to be real. The fact that you just said it was in Spanish, like I hate watching movies with subtitles. Wow. Well, that cuts y- you off from it really, a lot of great cinema. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to lie. I'm just, I feel like most people would agree with me. Yeah, and a lot of people are cutting them. It's like people who say they don't watch black and white movies. Well, this movie actually hits both of those right, boxes. That's right, that's right. <laughs> well, I mean... I would be willing to give it a chance. It's just most of the time it's like trying to eat cereal without a spoon. It's watching it's, a subtitled movie? Yeah. It's just like it takes a well, little bit more effort if you than can, having a spoon. Like a spoon read. a spoon is comfortable. You can eat <laughs> I mean, uh, you can eat You look like a literate person. I, we just described on the last episode I don't read. So, oh. um, no, but you can. What are you talking about? I don't read books either. I mean, I'm 
Oh, sorry. <laughs> Illiterate. So with that, I just want to say, eating a bowl of cereal without a spoon, you can do it. You'll still be fed. But it's much better with a spoon. And I'm lazy, as it is. I do too much anyways. Um, like, like people who watch anime, for for instance, I'm just like... It's usually dubbed, isn't it? No, 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 I'm being a little... The, the purists do not watch it dubbed. Yeah. I know that for a fact. They watch it in Japanese. I and mean, I do too when I watch like anime movies. I never watch the dub because... Yeah, I'm just like, stupid. dude, I can't... Mm. Like, that was like, I watched the first episode of Attack on Titan. I'm like, sure, I guess. That I mean, that's a good show. I know. I know. Everyone's like, it's a good I show. Mean, I watched I mean, the first I, episode. I was I, like... I will fine. confess that I, if I had to pick, between, just generally speaking, between two equal movies... Yes, I prefer watching one without subtitles because I don't mind the reading aspect. Like, it's not work to me, but it is. it does take away from my, like, looking at the image of the movie. There is some truth to that. But, I mean, some of the greatest movies ever made are subtitled movies, and for me, I have to just get over that and read them. I mean, there's a movie, five-hour movie called Scenes for a Marriage that's five hours of conversation between a married couple. There's no like other story it's just these arguments so you're just reading constantly constantly it's one of the greatest movies ever so i mean i don't know you kind of just have to bite the bullet sometimes with those i that's an interesting thing you touched on right how can you look at the shot and the composition when you're reading that's super frustrating to me as well you just have to read fast i mean it's like it's like driving a car and checking your mirrors i never do that okay and by the way roma (laughs) if, if though if you're looking for a subtitled movie um that's low intensity in terms of reading i would recommend roma because there's barely any dialogue in the movie now you got me um yeah it's i mean <laughs> you're it's, back in it it's very it's a very sparse movie it's not a bergman like constant no yeah uh dialogue going on i i did watch the clip from the oscars and you know you read the dialogue and then there's a lot of silence in between it and it's like oh yeah, i can read it i movie. can read it appreciate the shot Back to reading, continue to appreciate the shot. I'm like, okay, you, you might actually like this movie then because it's very static. Um, but well, then the other problem, I think, the bigger problem though is the m- movie being boring than the subtitle <laughs> part of it. Because I mean, this is a movie where um, I, I think the movie improves in the like bottom third, but I think a lot of it it suffers from the fact that its main character um, really has no character to her she's kind of an empty uh vessel that the director clearly loves i mean it's based on his nanny who, a person who's very special to him and the whole movie every scene in the movie is based on his memories um but despite that and despite how beautiful it is um you kind of come away with not really getting much out of the character and also the way it's shot kind of um forces her out of um out of you identifying with her because she kind of is relegated to the background, I guess. Interesting. I don't know. I don't, I just feel lukewarm about even considering it. When you said seven, Cameron, I was like, got better things to do. Seven what? Seven? When you're like, I give it a 7.5. Oh, sure. Oh, okay. I was like, no, I got no, better I, things to do. My recommendation to you is purely just based on my curiosity about what you think about I it. I feel like we got to watch Hereditary before we watch that. I would like to Definitely. see what a layman thinks of this movie, though. Yeah, that's why I've been, yeah, I've been trying to get my, Not like, to say my family you're a layman, but, but. Well, in terms of movies, you yeah. know, I've got a bachelor's degree. <laughs> Here's yeah. the thing, though. Even, even though I'm trying to be the everyman in this conversation, I still think I'm more. Uh, experienced in you, watching. Yes, yes, you are. You're you're more cinematically engaged. 
the only difference between like you and I is you leave your expectations at the door. And I clearly don't. I'm like, this is two and a half hours of my life. Don't waste my time. <laughs> like, that's how I feel about yeah, like, but a lot you, of you have sort of like a, like a, uh, a consumer's point of view. That's about right. A lot of yeah. things. You have, you have like an attitude of, of, um, it's not, it's less about expectations than about like, um, I don't know, engagement or uh, you have, you have some kind of, it's almost uh, like I'm studying economics. Yeah. <laughs> I almost got my bachelor's. Your your sunk cost. <laughs> my um, opportunity cost of watching this film. Yeah, <laughs> let's get into it, boys. Um, yeah, and well, and also I would say I have I have a certain amount of. Um, well, I feel like my experience is informed by the movies that I was forced to watch, um, and also the movies that I that I really enjoyed from from you know historically speaking. You know what I mean? So, so I don't really know what a born movie is you know what i mean like <laughs> like i just there's not some uh, there isn't a part of me that gauges a movie on how how boring or interesting it is you know what i mean like there's that part of my brain has really been drilled out by school so mm. roma is hard to judge because i don't see it as a boring movie necessarily even though i know conventionally <laughs> it is yeah but it's also like I don't know. I'm I'm used to slow cinema. It's not something that I that I am uncomfortable with. To be clear, right. though, it's not the boring because I I've liked movies that are more quote unquote boring than Roma. It's uh it's more just the uh, the the lack of um the sort of lifelessness of it, which is odd to say for a movie that has so much passion that's poured into yeah. it. But at the core of at least up until the really dramatic scenes at the end where I think it really, for me that it kind of almost turns into a good movie because those scenes are so great. Um, it's kind of like, there's just these whole scenes that are completely meaningless other than Quaron showing off his amazing cinematography, like this forest fire, they go to a vacation house and the main character basically just almost disappears from the movie. I mean, it's ridiculous. It's just him showing off, him his amazing choreography of a forest fire oh, and a man in a, so good <laughs> in, in, a, in a bear suit or a, a what's he he's wearing some weird suit and, he's and he singing starts a song. singing oh it was ridiculous it was like what a waste of time <laughs> um but you know i don't know a lot of people would disagree with me I, and very intelligent people like this movie so i don't know i liked it it's good yeah who knows maybe i'll see it i don't know uh, should we I, finish uh, on should we finish on green book then best picture yeah yeah um god this is like wading into a minefield because this movie is like it's it's weird for such a such a kind of um seemingly innocuous movie it is like the most uh entrenched in controversy of any movie of recent years it's it, it's kind of amazing what are you referring to because i'm lost there's just a lot of there's criticism about the accuracy of the movie because the family of the musician the black musician Don right. Shirley. Uh, said that the movie was just a bunch of lies, which to me I think is actually a little bit dubious because recently they published these interviews with the uh, musician and uh, the white guy in the movie, and a lot of them did seem to corroborate uh, almost the entire movie. So it's kind of hard to say. I mean, for me, it doesn't really matter whether it's true or not because, in my opinion, the best based on a true story movies are often the ones that make up the most stuff because it's good for dramatic purpose. Like the social network is almost completely bogus. Most, I mean, other than the, you know, most of that stuff is, is largely made up. Amadeus is almost completely fictionalized. What would saving private Ryan be if it wasn't just, if know. it wasn't for shooting a tank with a handgun? That's right. Tom <laughs> Hanks right there. Yeah. 
I don't know what that means. But and then but then there's like a that's based on a true story. A whole thing about the uh, white savior narrative. It's weird because there's people who say that it's a white savior narrative, but they're also saying it's a magical Negro narrative, which kind of would seem to contradict each other because <laughs> that's one is about the white person saving the black person, the other is about the black person saving the white person. Um, to me. And also, it's just about the fact that it's kind of an antiquated race message when the, people want something more uh, confrontational. I will agree there are much more confrontational movies about race and very good movies this year, better movies like Black Klansman, Hate You Give, Blind Spotting, you know, much better movies that really tackle the subject of race with more of a modern um, lens. But I don't see anything wrong about a movie that's because the movie is aspiring to just be about a friendship and the different. Um, uh, cultural things that were going on at the time of that friendship. But you see, I would so, say, I would, I, I would know. even say that Blind Spotting and and Green Book have almost the same um, racial story arc in 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 a lot of ways. Like they they hit the same beats on uh, on like the comparisons between the characters. Like they're very similar story wise. And it's, well, yeah, the white character being the more out of control person, yeah, who learns from the other person, and and the fact that it's about class and there, you know, mm. there's integrations with like how how you know Viggo Mortensen's Mortensen's character is um, lower class and and you know poor, yeah, and, that's another aspect, and he's very rude and and vulgar, he's but very unrefined, yeah, yeah and, and then that clashes with the the sort of racial aspect, and I think that's why. Um, Maybe, I mean, some people see it as antiquated, but I think it's just because it doesn't it doesn't fulfill their their particular biases or lenses, right? Like it, it just seems to me like it's a. Well, I think the white savior thing is 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 recently is thrown out a lot, um, for things that it it doesn't really for 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 just any movie where a white character does something positive, <laughs> like like the white savior narrative. Yeah. It's it's more supposed to be about a movie where it's like it's about a black person, but he's pushed like the Blind Side. I I remember kind of liking the movie, but the the character in that movie, the black guy, said almost nothing like the entire movie, and and it was all about Sandra Bullock being a great person. So that movie kind of fulfills that to me. But a movie about a uh, you know this white guy who's sticking up for him, I, it didn't strike me quite in the same way. Um, I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm I think the. I think it's an uncontroversial message as far as like like what the movie is trying to say, and yeah. and to me that's what's most disturbing about the the sort of controversy about it is because like the message is we should get along because we're we're not all that different from each other. You know what I mean? Like that's that's the message. And also the fact that but you, people if are you talk to someone about and that. you spend time with someone, you come. I mean, it's interesting that people who are of the kind of like. Um, I don't know, left-leaning ideology are against this movie because it's a, a lot of the movie is about the white character checking his privilege. Is that just a word <laughs> we want to use here? Or or about him also, and even t it, it dispels some of the false equivalencies. Like a lot of people are saying this movie is like a both sides, all lives matter. Like they're throwing out all these kind of like, you know, buzzwords, buzzwords basically. Yeah. Um, but there are, there are more than a couple scenes where Don Shirley, like, it's almost it's a little almost heavy handed where he says like no you don't have it the same as me like like they get thrown out of something and 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 the Italian guy's like hey you know I lose money on this too and he's like yeah but it's not the same like there's he makes a point of um 
the movie makes a point delineating the differences between white and black in the 1950s or sure, uh, yeah. 60s or whatever it is. So, um, I don't know. I, th- I thought it, it, it took something that could be very formulaic and has been done to death in a lot of movies, but did it in a really, um, in this case, it was a very nuanced example of that. It just wasn't the most artistically uh, stunning movie this year. And I think that's, that's no. the only thing I would, I would criticize about it winning best picture. And, and I would say it's very like, it's a very pleasant movie. It's a very crowd pleasing movie. It's More, very, yeah. it's very like, like, it has the same feeling that you get after watching a Christmas movie. You know what I mean? Like, oh, like totally. There, yeah. There's something very like, like, oh, well, that was that was really nice. That was really sweet. You know what I mean? Like, like it's. But I not mean, like a, the ending of the movie is just wonderful. I mean, it's, it's yeah, really, yeah. I mean, I to me it was like my second favorite movie of the nominees. Really, like I just I really was very touched by it, and um and I thought it really um was really very interesting in, in terms of its the discussions it was bringing up. I feel like I'm going to like it. I don't know. I, I know. Think you might. Yeah, I think so. I probably will enjoy it. There's a much higher chance I'd say of you liking it than like something like Roma or or certainly Vice. I don't know. No one likes Vice. That's the weird thing. Is like <laughs> it got nominated for best picture. I I don't know a single person who likes that movie. See, like, and Death of Stalin didn't get nominated I and know. I don't know a single person who didn't yeah. like that movie. Yeah. I know I mean, I still got to see, see that. Yeah. Um I mean, I would say that the the thing against Green Book is it's just very um, conventional as far as as far as Oscar nominees. One go. might say by the books. It is by the Green Book. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, I mean it's a it's a very straightforward Oscar movie. Like it's you- it's straight up. I mean I would say it's almost Oscar fodder. Like if it was oh, yeah. just like a tad worse, it would just be it would be complete Oscar fodder. Yeah, in a way. I mean, it sort of it falls in the darkest hour category. I think in terms of being a movie that it's not like groundbreaking artistically but it's very well made it's just not something yeah. like that is um changing the art form i just um, i feel like i've already seen the movie without even seeing it just hearing you guys yeah, talk about yeah. it and seeing a trailer i'm like it's what you expect from that movie yeah, yeah. um but it does it really well i mean uh, I, I can't stress enough how how well written and directed the movie is um yeah it's lovely well, I definitely have to check it out. I mean, all all of them, I still have interest to see. Probably the least with Roma, just because of your lukewarm reception. Even though you put, you know, you sip your little tea and have little eye monocle and be like, "Oh, it was very artistic," you know, like. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I sort of wish you had seen it before this episode because I I would have been curious to like discuss it on mic with you. Mm. Like that's the most interesting thing about it. But for your casual enjoyment, if we're not going to talk about it, I'd say forget it. Don't yeah. don't bother. There are foreign films I'd recommend, but that's not one of them. For sure. In fact, Coron's movie, Itu Mama Tambien, one of the greatest amazing. movies ever made, and has way more subtitles. You almost can't follow them because they're talking very fast, but it's a masterpiece. It's a, it's It might be like the best foreign film I can think of, honestly. Um, and 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 amazingly, Maybe. it's not even Coron's best movie. I don't even know if I've seen a foreign Oh, I have seen a foreign film. <sighs> what? Uh, Are you insane? <laughs> yeah, I've seen it. What? And it was black and white, and it was super old. What? Oh yeah, I think it was Nosferatu, like oh, the original. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Nosferatu. That's a silent movie, but yeah. yeah, yeah. There's no subtitle. Well, I guess there's sort of subtitles. Yeah, intertitles. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you should watch. I I'd be really interested to see something like Old Boy or like like oh, a really yeah. you you would dig Old Boy a really That's fun like movie. Korean dr- like thriller. Like I'd I'd love to Mother. watch Mother with oh. you. Yeah. Yeah. Because those movies, I mean those. Like foreign cinema, 
I understand people's um, apprehension towards it. Like it seems intimidating once you know when you're when you're twice removed Wait, from it. Did but you w- see Brother? Brother? No, it's a Russian foreign film. No. Oh, sorry. Finish your thought. Have no. you seen a Serbian film? <laughs> uh, don't camera. I'm don't, just kidding. Stop. Stop. Um, <laughs> no, I think that's a disgusting. <laughs> I've never seen it, but Cameron described it to me when we were living together. And yeah, now you guys don't. Well, together, in, any, so. in any case, in any case, um, I think I think foreign films. There's there's so much. To me, what I like to look at is what are the differences between between a type of cinema, like a type of um, foreign cinema, and American cinema. Like, what is what is the distinguishing element? What is the what's the almost like trademark? You yeah. know, because every every um every culture has a has a certain stamp um on its on its movies and that's really interesting to me i love i love watching those movies for that kind of um almost meta analysis of it you know you know what i mean so yeah it's interesting you brought up something uh when you were talking about or what i was trying to bring up these movies these russian films called brother and brother 2 i think is the name of them they might that's how they translate i think but I watched a video essay based on these two movies. They're basically the inspiration behind uh, Grand Theft Auto 4. And it's really weird how much Grand Theft Auto 4 just like rips them off. Mm. To the point where Rockstar reached out to the main actor of those films and were like, hey, we want you to be the main character wow. in our game. Yeah. And he was like, no, I don't do video games. I'm an actor. <laughs> and he missed out on a lot of money, hmm. basically. Interesting. <laughs> so, um, I do want to give you just a... Uh, brief synopsis of what what executive producer Kiana Lay says about Green Book because she just watched it. Oh, okay. um, she said, "I just finished Green Book. I liked it. It was nice, but nothing extraordinary." <laughs> yeah, oh, that was something I wanted to get into. By the way, about the the influence of best pictures is that 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 response is that's what happens with with every movie that wins best picture. Yeah, absolutely. Whether it's something like Spotlight that's just like fine. Or something Spotlight's like bad. <laughs> like it's a good movie, but but um um the King's Speech we were just talking about yesterday. The King's Speech is a great movie. Yeah, but it happened to come out the same year as um Inception the social, and social network. Yeah, so people now just talk about it as that was the crap that came out the same year as these two masterpieces <laughs> and this one. Whereas if it hadn't won, we wouldn't have that response. Right. Even something great like um like Moonlight, which is considered great within the film community. I know a lot of people who are, are not so tapped into that that then saw that like even like my mom saw that movie after one and if she had seen that in October when it came out, she would have gone, that was a really nice, interesting movie. But because it came she saw it after it beat La La Land, she's going this one best picture Are you kidding I feel me? exactly the same way about Shape of Water too where it's like I liked it I came away with mm-hmm. being like yeah that was good yeah. but then it won best picture and I was like no yeah. <laughs> that's not the best picture yeah the only one maybe that lives up is, is 12 Years a Slave which Definitely. actually was Definitely. like a great masterpiece but um, I think the ne- Oscars the most negative effect they have is on the movies that get nominated in some ways or the not, that not in terms of yeah not in terms of uh they they make more money so that's good for them but in terms of the um historical record of these movies um it 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 kind of hurts them especially the winners yeah well and and i would say that that's almost inherent in the way that they're chosen and i would say this would this should be a like the last part of our discussion because i'm interested to hear what you think about this okay um the way that they're chosen is it's by it's by rank order, which means instead of instead of choosing your favorite 
um, of the movie, you choose, you rank them one through ten or one through eight or whatever, you know. So it'll be it'll be you'll you'll rank your first one and then your second one and blah blah blah. Go down the list. The lowest ranked one um, gets knocked out automatically. Right. So it's like it, it's like if if it, a lot of people put put one movie at their bo- at the bottom of their yeah. list, Vice then it's year probably yeah. Then it's automatically out. Right. Got it. Then the next one it goes to the next one and that one's automatically out. But then it doesn't it doesn't calculate it necessarily for who wins, like who who gets the most first place spots. It's almost like who gets the least last place spots. If that makes sense. I understand what you're saying. So it's almost like a you're assigned a score per place you get and then it that adds up to amount of points. So if like Yeah, if, yeah, basically. If let's say there's like ten submissions, obviously there's more than that, right? But like four, uh, let's even say six people choose Black Klansman as number one, but everyone chose Green Book as number two. Green Book would still win because it had more points. Yes, right? right. Yes, yeah. So it it does two things. It makes whatever is like right behind the front runner often win, and it means like you can vote against movies that are considered the front runner or movies that are just seem controversial. That was actually why I when I wrote my predictions I predicted something other than green book would win because i thought that it was going to get hurt by all the controversy oddly i think the controversy might have helped it win Mm. because i think within the industry people are looking at what people in the media are writing about green book and saying this is like way overboard in terms of how actually offensive this movie is which is not at all i think um so they like almost like out of pity they're they're giving votes to these people and also Roma, which is considered the front runner, people are probably putting down at the bottom because they don't want to win, and it's Netflix, and it's boring. See, but but what it all what always happens with these movies is it's it's the least um, the least worst movie wins. It's not the best movie that wins. It's always the one that that people liked the in the middle (laughs) you know that people are like yeah it was good you know i'll I'll rank it third i'll rank it fourth i feel like a lot of people don't even understand that about the oscars no and that's different from every other category every other category is is whoever gets the most votes but but this this category is is specific in that way though in in a way honestly i think I I think this is a better system than the previous system because if you look at the the glut of movies that were winning Best Picture before they changed it, um, when did I they think change? I'd rather uh, 2009 when they expanded the category mm. because what that when it was just based on number of votes that meant you could have 21 percent of the vote and win Best Picture right which right, also right. meant that that meant that big movies that had tons of people working on them had a significant advantage mm. so that was the era where stuff I mean like admittedly something good like Lord of the Rings but also you know big movies like Chicago and Shakespeare in Love beat Saving Private Ryan you know like that type of stuff yeah kept happening um was also one Crash beat Brokeback Mountain like all like all these like um weird movies and then in 2009 when they changed it ever when everyone thought avatar was going to win best picture it went to the hurt locker instead which is the small movie that didn't even make that much money and then since then it has gone to a lot of the second place votes but at least movies that are not just like big i mean i like i like that something interesting like moonlight will will sneak right, in or something right, like right. you know birdman or even though there are things both years that i'd like more yeah no i mean i think that's a good point i 
I'm kind of I'm kind of split on it because it it means that I mean every year we have this conversation about like like oh that was that was not a great movie but it was it was fine it was a good movie you know like every year we have we have the same sort of sort of takeaway and my question is is that going is is that going to lead to sort of a degradation of of what the Oscars mean in in at least like the public's mind like does that mean that that people are going to the look- public will keep going they'll keep going to the movies that win no matter yeah. what but i think in terms of respect already with stuff like green book winning um there's already kind of a lack of a, a sense that like this is okay this is a good movie yeah but this is not the best and that the oscars really shouldn't be taken seriously which really i don't think they ever really if you look at i mean i was looking at the best picture winners throughout history and um you occasionally get something that's actually ends up being a classic like the godfather but for the most part or it's just, casablanca or yeah. casablanca but for the most part, it's stuff that's completely forgotten. And then yeah. you look at what came out that year, and you're like, what, what, Citizen Kane came out? We are just talking about that. Or, yeah. like, you know, uh, countless movies, 12 Angry Men, you know. like, And always it's movies that are more are smaller and seem, like, not important at the time. But later on, people realize, like, this is actually the defining movie of this yeah. era. Yeah, yeah, No, yeah, totally. Uh, yeah, I guess that's the question is, is do people care? Do people even care about what wins best picture? I mean, I would say one of the reasons why it was so offensive that that they um, were going to announce best cinematography in the commercial break uh-huh. is that those those categories are actually way more impactful on, on people's lives. Yeah, people not just people's lives, but also like they mean a whole lot more. Um, well, they, in, they, in terms they're... of like public appeal, I I would say that they like. I care way more, maybe this is just me, but I care way more about who wins best cinematography, who wins best editing, who wins, you know, all the, all the actual, like the, the, the technical awards. Like I care a lot more about that than I do about best picture. Uh, But I would, I would say that most viewers probably don't. Most most viewers don't, but definitely best picture by far out of, and this is before they changed the voting system has always been the least the one that holds up the least. If you look at what yeah. people who uh, throughout the 91 years who won best actress or best actor or even best director, you'll get a probably a much more consistent like, oh, that was actually a pretty good choice. Like if I look at who won this year, you know, like like uh, Olivia Coleman winning for The Favorite or um, who won best actor? I already forgot. Oh, no, he's not going to live up. That's <laughs> Rami Malek. But like Marshall Ali and Green Book, yeah. you know, like th- those are ones that are going to be like that, that. Those were actually some of the best performances of the, of the year. Um but the best picture sort of never never holds up in that way, and the cinematography picks certainly. Um, though they snubbed Beale Street this year, I wasn't happy about that. <laughs> but that's yeah. yeah. No, I mean I think like I was I was so excited for for Deacons when he won last year because that was like that was probably yeah. the most deserved award of my entire life. You that's, know what I mean? That's like, the biggest investment I have in the Oscars, yeah. other than just the social side of like hanging out with my friends and watching it and placing bets on who's gonna win. Like that's really the only reason I watch them because yeah. otherwise you could just look them up. Um, it's it's watching them with your friends and it's rooting for people who you really are big fans of who are because it's nice to see people you like finally getting their due and having their big moment. Like for me, I the show was pretty was fine uh, yesterday. But the the only moment that really was like a great like exciting moment for me was Spike Lee winning an Oscar for the first time because he's someone I've loved for 
uh, years and who's been great for, I mean, he deserved to win Best Picture 30 years ago for Do the Right Thing, and it didn't even get nominated. Um, so to see him finally win, and of course, uh, past years I've been rooting for, you know, like Christopher Nolan finally gets nominated, mm, yeah. and we're rooting for him, or Richard Linklater, um, and they didn't, they went home empty, empty-handed. So it was nice to see Spike Lee, and he ran up and he hugged Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, I'd recommend was... looking at that speech. It's a nice little moment. Yeah, I, I, I didn't, I don't think I saw that part. He's wearing a purple suit. He jumps up onto Samuel L. Jackson's arms. It's really sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, like, to be honest, this Oscars was kind of flat for me. It was very, like, yeah, it was eh, I kinda, just kind of I actually like the fact there's no host. I like the fact people weren't trying to be funny. Like, oh, it was people just, were still trying to be funny. Some people were. I mean, like, Aquafina and John Mulaney, that was horrendous. That was embarrassing. But, <laughs> but, um, but some people, they would just come out and say, these are the nominees. Like, that was almost yeah. it, and I really like that. Like, I like a lifeless show that just you know i, I would oh my god the music the musical numbers were nice i actually the lady gaga thing was pretty great it was cool to see jillian welch up there even though no one knows who she is doing her uh, country song from best of scruggs yeah uh, um, that was fun but um and there are a few funny moments like uh, uh melissa mccarthy coming out dressed as the queen from the favorite with the rabbits that was hysterical i didn't see that oh you I, missed I, that? I wasn't there oh yeah. that was great wow. yeah that was great and there's a few. Honestly, one of the funniest things was Olivia Coleman's speech. Um, oh, it was a, that she was, was a, funnier than most presenters. That was actually a genuinely like good speech, though. It, it was, was like it was yeah. very, it, it was very. I I felt and it was like uh, the realest moment it, yeah. of the of the show. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah. as an arbiter of of, of quality, uh, what I think people should be looking at more are like, I mean, film critic lists are are kind of dubious as well, but. Um, if if I if you're just someone because the thing about it is the Oscars are like a shorthand for people who don't follow movies yeah, yeah, to just exactly. say this is the grab bag of movies we should watch and th- some of them are you know but I think there are other um, you, people don't have time to go through a bunch of critics lists or a bunch of you know different uh, uh, Golden Globes independent spirits um, I think probably the, what would be the best source is something like the Metacritic aggregate of all the top 10 lists because yeah. they take in ca- I mean some of these people are or idiots. just Cameron Tuttle <laughs> yeah I mean yeah but like for the people who don't know us and you know we're just one person but but those they kind of represent what are the big movies and some of them it will be some stuff that's boring nonsense like Roma and burning but <laughs> but with it the, you know if you look at that top 25 you get widows in there you get blind spotting you get mission impossible um I mean, I don't have that list right now, but that that's that's I think a much better source. For yeah, those. or you could watch our episode about best movies of twenty eighteen. <laughs> oh, that's right, episode twenty five. Very good episode. Yeah, it's really good. I think yeah. Juzo's on it as well. Oh yeah, maybe not then. Yeah. <laughs> Any other last thoughts? I think you guys have a really insightful approach to the Oscars because I totally agree with what you're saying, Juzo. Where it's like just like a grab bag of the quick consumer. They want to yeah. know what's up. That's how I've always seen it. Which is, I mean, that's why it disappoints me almost a little bit every year. Where it's like, it's like, oh man, such missed opportunities. You know, like yeah, yeah. I sometimes like at the end of the year, I I write what would be my Oscars list. Yeah, and then I see what actually comes out. And I'm like, oh please, you know, like <laughs> like this year, like you look at who wasn't for just for even acting awards, like Ethan Hawke in his performance in First oh, Reform. Yeah, so good. I mean, Best Actress. If you if you look at who the performances of the year and then compared to who was actually nominated and the nominees were great actually but like um 
Tony Collette in Hereditary, mm. maybe the best performance of the entire year. Yeah, uh, Helena Simon, Howard and Madeline, Madeline's Madeline, Simon yeah. Russell Beale for right. uh, oh, uh, for Death of Stalin. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Kaylee Carter in Private Life. All right, I mean, now I'm real lost. Yeah, <laughs> it's I mean, just like just a list that keeps things. going. Yeah, I know, I know. Um, but yeah, it, it, there's not much correlation. I think, especially this year. Yeah, I think I think that sums it up. We're like at two hours now. I would say the biggest rob of the year was was um, uh, best adapted screenplay because that was that was, I mean, those are the bummers where where it was close like we knew same with the won't you be my neighbor uh, the Mister Rogers yeah. documentary everyone thought it was going to be best documentary and then it didn't get nominated but the death of Stalin like legitimately was I mean it I I think it's the best screenplay I think overall maybe of yeah. m- my life. I think really? it might be the best screenplay of it's, my it life. It is fantastic, yeah. Well, I really want to see that one. I haven't seen it. I, you know, well, I don't see a lot. I don't read. I don't, <laughs> I don't watch movies. I, don't, I just play Overwatch. That's <sighs> it. Well, I think that's, uh, I think that's all. You know what, though? What most people, what, what you listeners don't know is that Juzo had to run the restroom, so we had to stop for a second. Oh. And in between that, we continued our discussion about Black Klansmen. Because I was just, like, I'm curious. And I just want to say this as a last thought on it. From what Juzo had mentioned, which basically Juzo went through a scene with me. He's like, how do you not like this? It sounds like I missed a lot of nuance in the movie. Mm. And so I want to say that if you're a listener and you, I don't know, associate your opinion with mine, still make your own opinion. That's what I'm saying. Like... It sounds like I missed a lot of nuance. On about it. seeing the movie? Ab- about when I watched Black Klansman. Yeah. Because from what you depicted, I'm like, it sounds like something that I would enjoy. Yeah. But I yeah. didn't catch that at all. Um, so maybe a note, even though you're not supposed to go in with expectations, right? <laughs> Be ready for nuance, which I might have not been. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. I think... I'm glad I could talk you into some... Uh, talk some sense into this boy. <laughs> yeah. But on a true note... I think when you're sitting down to watch a movie, I get excited about being critical about some movies. Uh, I like to be, I like to enjoy a movie and be like, oh, what are the things I like and what are the things I don't like? Usually right away. And it's important to know that when you're watching a movie, I feel like it's easy to, what am I trying to say? I feel like it's easy to lose engagement sometimes. When you're watching a movie, like I feel like that's my that's also my of what happened. Disengage. I dis like I somehow like lost. Are you there it. with your girlfriend? I mean, come on now. Open the pod bay doors. I <laughs> hey, I told very easy to disengage with that movie. <laughs> I told Juliana I was like we're watching this movie because I was recommended to me. I'm excited for it, you know, and it just fell flat. And maybe I was just starting to disengage at some point and missing the nuance, right? So, I don't know. Just a interesting last thought. I feel I feel I honestly feel bad because I respect both of your guys' opinion so hmm. much. So I wanted to like reiterate. I'm like, you're you're entitled to your opinion about it. it well, clearly, like clearly, right? But you guys are the experts at the same time, and just the conversation we had off off mic, kind of. I was like, I'm clearly missed something, right? So I'll, I'll admit to it. Like I said, I don't have pride anyway. So. <laughs> I hope I, I would say that I don't think this movie or I don't think this year was like 
spectacular as far as like like an aggregate goes. It was kind of meh for me. Like there wasn't There's anything. A handful of really great stuff, but yeah. not. I think there are previous years where I was more like it was just like like 2014 yeah, where there'd yeah, be yeah, something yeah. crazy. Just like what we were saying though, I think specifically the Oscar nominations were pretty lukewarm all around compared yep. to the ones that you guys were so amped up about on that last episode. Yeah, talking about also, movies. There was, there was stuff that that seemed like it was a slam dunk to be nominated, like like Damien Chazelle who made La La Land. You would think First Man would be like a, a shoe in for and best it's also picture. so good. And it's, it's such a and good movie. Other than it's great. Same with Widows, you know, even Beale Street, which I think is better than some of the movies that are nominated, which um, is by the guy who made Moonlight. Juzo, let's finish with this. What are you excited to see this year? Um, well, there's the two big, like, directors returning with their movies, Martin Scorsese's yep. movie The Irishman, which is, if you look at the cast of that movie, Whew. Al Pacino, Robert De Niro, Harvey Keitel, Joe Pesci. Um, yeah, there's there's lots to be excited about Same. for that. Did somebody movie. just say Joe Pesci. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He's back. Um, and then the other one is uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which mm. is the new Tarantino movie, yep. which has like an insane, like massive ensemble cast that I can't even. DiCaprio, remember. obviously. Yeah, DiCaprio, Brad Pitt, Margot Robbie are the leads, but like a lot of great like gonna be awesome. character actors in that movie too. Um, it's about the Manson murders. Yeah. Uh, what else? I want. I, I hope that at some point, um, Errol Morris's documentary uh, "American Dharma" about Steve Bannon will come out because it seems to be kind of like um, people are scared to distribute it. I think because mm. of the controversy about the idea of giving Bannon a platform. I'm doing air quotes right Whatever. now. But with the ca- the case of Errol Morris, if you've seen any of his documentaries, it's not going to be just a a promotional film. It's it's a, it's a conversation between him and Bannon. Errol Morris High School. No, no, no. Fog Sorry. of War. Fog of War, yes. Yeah. Fog of War. It's amazing. Uh, Thin Blue Line, yeah. Probably maybe the great greatest documentary filmmaker uh, alive. Yeah. One what about one. you? Um, I think you just you just rattled it out, actually. Not, not oh, Aaron Star Wars Morris, 9, too. I'm excited about it. Whatever. I'll, I'll, I'll see it when I see it. Um, I'll, I'll give it to Juzo. I am it. I am inter- you know what it is? I'm interested to see J.J. Abrams attempt to revive a dead corpse. <laughs> That's oh, what I'm really interested in. Are we going to get into a Last Jedi debate now? Because you're inviting this, sir. I I friggin' hate The Last Jedi. God damn. That's a good movie. <laughs> I'm, I'm finishing up my... my uh, oh, never mind. <laughs> my top 25 video from the year before. Juzo's like... And it's, and it's in there. It's in there. Juzo's like, hey, nuance, dude. <laughs> yeah. I, I say I hate it, but it's not. It's I, just... I would know. say beautifully made movie. yeah i mean i'll agree i agree with that i actually agree with the cinematography and last Jedi is really good star wars star wars 9 will be interesting like i'll be there I'll, i'm there for it but i don't know we'll i'm see. worried about that part of it actually about the whole what you're saying about reviving a corpse i'm worried it's almost like they're going to be putting a defibrillator to an alive corpse because it, <laughs> i don't think it was a bad movie but i i worry about it's it's gonna be caught between two things of either saying f you to the fans who are were denigrating the last Jedi or trying to bring them back in, and both things are bad. Yeah, trying to be yeah. desperate, that, yeah. You know, you end up like Hillary Clinton talking about Pokemon <laughs> Go to the polls. You know? Yeah, dude, it's like it's me, you don't want to be exactly, dude. I feel like I'm the guy with the popcorn watching the fans more than I am watching the movie. Yeah, I would rather yeah. sit through that movie and you're be that like, GIF of Michael Jackson. It's such, yeah. a, it's such a bummer that it's just the the discourse takes it over because because mm. like there's so much bile against the Last Jedi. And that, that some of which I even agreed with. I agreed with some of the criticism, 
but it, it becomes so overwhelming that I think a lot of people just decided they didn't like the movie. Like my mom over the course of the year was sort of like, we were, we were going to watch it again. She's like, The Last Jedi, that movie sucks. And then she watched it. She's like, oh, that was actually a pretty good movie. It's flawed. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, I think it, it's like with these big popular movies, there's so much expectation that nothing can top it. Yeah. Okay. I, I would say I would say The Irishman and and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood are yeah. my Jordan Peele's Us also. Oh yes, that's I'm gonna be excited. really good. I'm, I'm excited, excited about hey, that. Hey, you yeah. you guys just like don't shut up about it. We're at 202. All right. Oh my. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been Everything Comes from Something, episode 35. We really appreciate you guys listening. Hopefully, the discourse was raw and authentic to it all. And with that, we will see you next week. Hopefully, you go watch some movies. Thank you. This is like the longest one ever.